0: wilkinson we are live can you hear me
1: hello welcome to plot chat valorant it's good just, yeah. you threw me off with the one you never say the one <laughs> kurt you never count down and say the one and you said the one uh, unbelievable i'm sorry okay why? we're live yeah i mean, i hear you kurt
2: why did I, you, am i like horrendously why did lagged you out talk or something over him like a second Dude, into the Josh, countdown. Dude, Josh, your
1: internet is like 10 like seconds. He had, he had like know. a second
2: I, left in the countdown. He's counting it down three, two, one. He's, he's got <laughs> a second left. And he just went, you just started talking over
1: him. I mean, Kurt <laughs> could, could never says the one. I, I got thrown off. I, I'm also, every time I've been on Platchat recently, I've been horrendously de lagged as well. So I think I'm like mm. a second behind everything that's going on. That's not good for the host. What's going really? on here? I mean, it's got an upload of, like, 3 megabit per second, so I don't know why it would be.
3: Let me lower it. There we <laughs> go. Let's, let's make it, like, into the negatives. How's that well, look? Great This stuff. is a good
1: beginning. This is
2: yeah. a good beginning. A good I mean, beginning I... The show. Yeah, I we mean, don't know how really much time we can do about you the internet. The can, you, can, you, uh, can you get onto the fiber lines, Wilkinson, while we, while we do the show? <laughs> oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if it's so, some kind of routing problem or something. Is that fixed again? Wait, yours was yours was literally
3: making mine worse. You left, like everyone was desynced for me, and then you left and then Bren was undesynced.
1: <laughs> I d I don't know what to tell you. I think it's something <laughs> to do insane. with the UK. Surely I'm surely <laughs> no. I'm fixed now. Am I not aligned with the people? Well this you're conversing with room. everybody, so. right. better. Burr. Yeah, better. Yeah, at least I'm conversing with people. Anyway, welcome to episode one hundred and fifty-eight. I suppose <laughs> this this is already one of the cursed episodes that we've had so far. But um, I I thought it was going to be bad because it's five a.m. at the moment in Korea, and two of our two of our guests are from Korea, so that's that's wonderful. Brent Chober, why are you here? What do you
2: mean? Why? What? <laughs> what do you what do mean? You why mean? are we here? <laughs>
1: Like, why are you here? It's 5 5?
2: Mm. Well, I, I get up at this time because it's a better time to stream at for U.S. time zones. I was just mm. explaining this to the, to The, the base the rising
1: grinder. Sigma yeah, male. Yeah,
2: cold shower at 4. Fucking, you know, <laughs> cheese and crackers by 6. <laughs> <laughs> what, else does, what else does Sigma males do? Lift weights. <laughs> I'm lifting weights too. Uh-huh. Go ke- a kettlebell uh-huh. that I'm lifting. You guys can't see
4: it. I was off camera. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Is
1: that the same for you, Chopra?
4: no <laughs> i'm not even gonna mm. <laughs> no i just i just had kind of messed up time zones this week uh taking care of a bunch of personal errands so i was able to do it nice. that's what it is
1: okay pretty reasonable i mean we've got some big like apac news to talk about too that we've had dude tmv the internet's going down in the uk <laughs> i yeah. don't know what's happening <laughs> yeah. some yeah. some tree <laughs> fell somewhere in like nottingham <laughs> forest and it's just taken down every- everything yeah. the infrastructure is <laughs> in ruins Uh, we've got we've got a lot of apac stuff to talk about though chobra because we had the africa league uh Mm -hmm. happening which i knew that you were uh doing commentary for and then we've also got a bunch of discussion with what's going on with like drx for example which we'll get to later which is wild news i think yeah Um, yeah but i want to start the episode here so leo Ferreira was uh giving us a letter one nice little christmas letter at the end of the year to talk about all the good things what have happened (laughs) 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 in <laughs> Valorant. <laughs> <laughs> um so he was talking about the fact that all of the teams are going to be able to get skins for next year. So, I don't know if this is replacing the Champions bundle. I don't know if they've announced that or whether any of you have heard, but they are certainly having all of the teams have a specific skin in the game along with some other bits and pieces like maybe a gun buddy or a uh, or a something similar like that they've talked about some extra pieces and they've said that even the ascension teams are getting them which i think is nuts to have that kind of a turnaround on stuff we don't even know who the chinese team is that's winning ascension and they're guaranteed to have one for 2024 skin team working overtime
2: yeah it's it's quite well i think the they'll keep the scope limited right it'll just be a classic skin the banner and what else was it they 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 put the highlight in the image if we scroll down a little bit yeah oh you reckon that that's
1: that's what they're getting yeah oh, no,
2: not, not 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 this this here it yeah, is this, what, yeah. what is that is that like a dude my mind immediately went to like a, a box title? of ammunition because of because of daisy it just looks like <laughs> the ammunition box in daisy the uh yeah it looks like just a banner and a yeah maybe it's a title as well but um i think they'll just keep it simple like the, i don't think they'll be like flashy and because they have to do it for 44 teams so you're not gonna get you're not gonna get like a, a very bespoke thing but it's cool that the um that the ascension teams are included because the there's been so much talk recently about obviously the sustainability of esports especially from the tier two side and i think that this is a good opportunity to uh, i don't know what well, i think what we'll look at valorant and vct is um either riot have made a nice little um you know, kind of mold for other partner uh, other games to just kind of fit their esports programs into to to actually have something sustainable um for the for the coming years that doesn't rely on just burning VC money for venture capitalist money. Um hopefully that's that's probably the that's my bright eyes, bushy tailed <laughs> view of, of all of this. It's like, yeah, it'll be okay. Daddy Riot will work it all out and everybody will copy them and it'll be okay. Do we do we know how
3: much like the teams get to input on this? Like, is each team they actually have of...
1: to design it? They use the graphical designers from each of the organizations. So, E.G.'s gun skin. Yeah, is I kind of wait for E.G.'s. Piece. It's
3: just a blank classic. It's just a blank classic with tiny like E.G. just engraved into it that you can barely tell. Yeah, like that's just E.G. skin. That well, would actually no probably idea. sell the most, to be honest, because it's yeah, just it
2: probably would.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I have no idea. I don't know whether they have a lot of input in what's going on. I doubt they do, though. Like, for example, to use the Overwatch League example, they got a a skin if they won the League, and they basically just got to say what character it was for or something. No, they didn't even get to say that. I think they got to say um, what kind of things they would like to have incorporated. And then the designers just went off and either used it or didn't use it, depending on how good the idea was. Yeah, I mean I
4: figure it's probably something similar. They probably, especially if it's global for all teams, they probably just have a template, right? And you you obviously pick your team colors, like what your secondary and tertiary colors would want to be, and then maybe maybe like you get to shoot, you know, you get to add like one effect or something, right? Like a, I don't know, like a lightning bolt or something. This is clearly why I'm not a skin designer, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) something like that.
1: Yeah. It is wild though, Bren. When you said 44 teams, my mind just reeled because we've gone from having 30 teams to 44 because we've added yeah. another extra entire league with the Chinese teams, which we'll talk about later. And then you've also got all of the Ascension teams as well coming up. And then it, the year after that, we're going to get another I mean, four mate, teams.
2: If you thought PlatChat was bad before we've covered all the regions, we'd get a load <laughs> no of next year. <laughs> well, uh, There's am, am no I, shot.
3: Am, am I mistaken? I swear when they announced the leagues the and i don't think most people have, have talked about this but I, maybe i'm just misremembering i swear that they said that they were going to get to 14 teams that they were going to start promoting two teams a year as well yes. after that yes
1: yes so we're, yeah, just gonna keep, we're just going to keep we're just going to keep adding no i don't no, no no it's not that they promote no, I mean, two limit, teams right? a year it's that it's that as each like gets promoted they st- because the teams stay for a couple of years once they ascend,
0: right? You yeah. have
1: like a pyramid system where it builds up and up, and then you have a ton of teams in the league as it goes forwards. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's only but, eleven in at the moment, but when, well, but when, they, when one an goes down, team comes I thought they were bringing year, two
3: up. Like when well, G two go down,
1: but G two no, don't go down their, next year. No, no, yeah, but the year so, after so you, that. Right, but at the beginning you end up promoting <laughs> more teams. Like next year, there's going to be two. Oh God! <laughs> Why did
0: I bring so like, something? Why did I bring even the money for me? I mean. It doesn't we matter. Can't do if you can't even do any math, and you guys just are, are just. It. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's
2: how it works. <laughs> Someone show me a graphic. Them. Show me yeah. a graphic. I don't <laughs> want to think about this right now. Well, I'm trying to, like, what the way you, you hold the G2 for two years, and then you, go, you add the, the other two teams, and then they've dropped out. But how many teams have we got? We've got 18 teams, 19 teams. Like, how are we going to do a format on 19 teams? I was, like, thinking about a Swiss system for, like, fucking 20 teams. And I'm like, Mark, what's happening?
1: It's... Uh, this is one of the reasons why the criticism of like there aren't enough uh pro players being supported by the valorant system though i don't think holds very much weight because you've got you've now got 44 teams that it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger over the the coming years as more and more teams end up ascending uh because more teams are going to be coming up than are going down that's just the way that it's going to work in the next few years so there's going to be a lot of pro players that this system Mm. supports and hopefully the community engages with the skins to try to pay for that Later on in this article, though, it talks about the Chinese um, VCT teams that have been announced. So I think this is a good opportunity to discuss this. There's kind of three big things with China. It talks about the VCT teams, talks about the Ascension format and the teams that are playing in that. And then it also gives some hints to what the viewership was like in China um, for the Champions Grand Finals last year. So I think let's start with the VCT teams. Are there any teams in here that you weren't expecting or are there any teams that you were expecting to be called up, that didn't make it. They've got the most of the big names are in.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I just think it's
3: really funny that Wolves got in. I I, I just think that that, like as a British person who lives fairly close to Wolves, like it's just very (laughs) bizarre to see a football team. that's like, you you know, people from that area and now they're in VCT China. And in fact, I'm going to put something in the chat. We'll see if this works. Little tweet from Ryan about when Wolves announced that they were getting in during a Premier League game And no one noticed during a Premier League game They put it on the like big screen during the game and it didn't get leaked out until afterwards I mean to be fair most of the people watching there probably can't read so you know it it makes it makes (laughs) sense What do you think those squiggles on the board mean? You know stuff like that (laughs) But I just thought that it was funny that, you know, no one, like, this is in a Premier League game. There's 30,000 people in that stadium, and, like, it didn't get out until the next day that Wolves were no, in. I, I'm VCT. not going to lie, though. if you had,
2: Even I, I mean, I have knowledge of ECT and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Like, they just, what did they do? Just flash it up real quickly, like, because they were embarrassed, and they were just like, oh, we have to do it because of the partnership. We, we, we have to do it because of... Uh, They've been involved in, in Chinese esports for a while, though, I think. Yeah, am I am I thinking of a different football team? I'm pretty sure Wolves have had like, I mean, they had a partnership yeah. with E. G. Yeah, Their ownership. Well, PSG is, had a uh, Chinese. The thing PSG is, they did.
1: they've got yeah. money, PSG, right? LGD. I think with the
3: with the E. G. situation, you know, other orgs maybe struggling. Like, yeah, pick pick the org that has a Premier League football team. They're not gonna be struggling financially anytime soon. Yeah. I don't think. Like, they're gonna be good
0: yeah
1: i i mean i assume so uh some of the other organizations for any audio listeners that have made it in you've got your classics there like edg fpx trace who've been a top four team probably billy uh, billy recently yeah billy billy <laughs> yeah, got billy, in billy. let's go billy let's go
0: <laughs>
1: and then you've got some teams that i'm not too familiar with like uh tec who well, i can't even remember what the t stands for now actually. Um, it's something esports company or something like that but i can't remember even what they stand for jd we, gaming we like,
2: need a, we need a league legends head we mm. need a legal a league legends head because that's where that's where people really have the knowledge of a lot of these chinese orcs cuz i am yeah i'm clueless outside of like the big ones that we had um when we were working in the oficially but even then like the only one that comes to mind is is billy billy which yeah. was they had the Hangzhou team and uh yeah, it's uh, yeah, I I'm I'm pretty clueless outside of it because I I just know there is some there's some league head just throffing at the mouth just <laughs> they yeah. don't know about they don't know about Ty Lue, like, they don't, <laughs> like they don't well like Tai has got, got a lot of history thruffing. from Counter strike do have from CS yeah. right
1: yeah
4: yeah Tai Tai yeah. obviously has a long history in uh, CS and then Nova as far as I remember is pretty active in a lot of mobile esports. I remember seeing them in a lot of different mobile esports uh, titles but I guess they're joining Valorant.
1: Yeah, I suppose some of these might have a history in Crossfire or something like that as well of like, you know, lot other FPS games that have been large in the region but what I, I want to kind of talk about the teams that missed out because I feel like that's even more interesting to be honest. Rare Atom, who... Weren't we talking about them recently as being like previously known by another name? Dude, I can't even remember. Uh, people people give me knowledge and it goes out my ears so quickly but uh, they they are definitely a top three team probably a top two team in china and they haven't made it they're playing in ascension they look like massive favorites to win but if they do win they have to cut one of their korean players either the igl or the star player i
2: thought they were giving them a a bit of like leeway with that Uh, Do you have a source?
1: It came to you in a dream. Source? It came
2: to me in my visions and hallucinations from waking up too early. No, I I thought I thought that they had like a year's like. um... Just a year's buffer of where the import rules would be laxed a little bit for China. Laxed, cause, cause, swear, could a team
3: just sign like any? I
2: swear I read this shit and it didn't. My <laughs> the source that I'm fucking quoting is not my dreams and hallucinations. I, I think but, it's your dreams
1: because I talked to no. somebody from. I talked to someone from VCT China and they told me that it's actually even more strict. Oh, I Chinese think they might be wrong.
0: <laughs> <system>. <laughs> I think it's they might be wrong, and I'm right. No, I, don't, I, I don't think, think they, they, I'm they are. Right. I think I'm right, actually. For
1: Ascension, they'll be fine to play in it. Like, you can right. use multiple imports in Ascension anywhere in the world, right? But, uh... I'm looking this up. <laughs> it...
3: <laughs> Five minute pause,
2: I'll spread. To yeah. People are saying... What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I found a fucking, I found I found the worst kind of source, a VLR article. It's not even an article. It's, it's not an article. The, the, the journalism of VLR is actually quite good. It's a, it's a VLR thread. So oh, that, is, just that like, is
1: suspect.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, can I really trust that?
1: Nope. Nope. You can't. No. I can tell you right now.
2: No, I can't trust that.
1: Um, is but it? they've also... Do you think it's a worrying sign that two of the teams... or More than two of the teams dropped out, actually, of the Chinese Ascension Tournament? <clears throat> so you had Top Esports, RNG, and Weibo Gaming, maybe even a fourth team that I can't remember, dropped out of playing in the Chinese Ascension Tournament. RNG were also going to be a top three team in Ascension. In, they might <laughs> not have been able to win, but that... Uh, it feels like the same thing that happened across the rest of the world, where people were really heavily invested into it, until they found out that they weren't going to be in, and then they're like, and pulled the plug.
3: Hmm. I mean, yeah, but isn't that just expected? Like you say, it happened It happened around the world anyway. I mean, like, Shock horror, their orgs, you know, weren't fielding Valorant rosters for, you know, benevolent, we-want-to-see-the-esport-succeed reasons. Like, it, it, it's just always kind of going to be the way it is, but... Uh, they've still got eight teams going in there i mean obviously this initial ascension tournament it, it honestly might be a bit of a shit show with some of the like speed oh we up, we pass, we're past five minutes right
1: we're, we're oh bren has <laughs> been dropping the f-bombs like Wait, a, really out of fashion have i
0: have I me? Little <laughs> fucking me?
1: Me? <laughs> me? Really? I
2: don't think I've ever swore by Yive. I never cursed. What, what? When did I swear? Give me the timestamps. Give me the. Give me the logs. Because last time it was two, two minutes Roganson. in, four
1: minutes in, five minutes in, and seven minutes in. You don't have that. You're pulling it out of your ass. It's probably about accurate though. You pulling out your. When was the
2: last time you used that bike?
1: <laughs>
0: Stop <laughs> deflecting. When's the last time you, you moved it? Moved it? Dude, what, what is it, this is like Trump and his fucking apprentice in a,
1: a political debate? We're not talking about that. You're just throwing in the ad hominem for no reason. I just want to know, when's the last time you touched the bike?
2: Yeah, when was the last time
1: that I bike I brushed got my ass against it because of got a fat <laughs> cake yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, TMV, you can swear now. Fuck. Oh, okay, nice.
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> Have I really been... Anyway, it doesn't matter.
1: What was your point, though? What was your point? Uh, was I talking? No, TMV. No, no, said, no. <laughs> <to be laughs> the, the fucking point's gone now. Let's fucking All right, on. let's just move it's on, just then. Let's just move on. on. All right, so the other thing that was unveiled in this article was that for the grand finals, 500K of the viewership out of 1.8 million, so about, what is that, like 30%, was coming from China, at least as far as we can... Uh, you know, it's, it's like... Um, it's a little logistic- extrapolated it. Yeah, it's, it's like
2: they extrapolated it from the yeah. esports charts 1.3 million and they it was reported at 1.8 was the peak.
1: Yes, um, so. but that also seems unlikely that it was the Chinese peak. The, the Chinese viewership probably peaked higher than that at some other time when EDG was playing in their final game. Um, so really healthy viewership numbers if they can be um, relied upon that like method of inferring them, uh, from China, which is yeah. Uh, that seems pretty sick.
2: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, were we talking about tier two? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm sitting here what thinking, is, like, is, is there like, there like some I'm crazy about
0: ascension?
2: Were we talking about tier yeah, two? Yeah, I mean the ascension. Yeah, but like. No-
0: you just cut your mic just cut <laughs> out as well? Dude, <laughs> <laughs> was that, was, was, <laughs> so was, that, was that What is
2: going
1: on? <laughs> dude,
0: guys, is it?
1: I think- <laughs> Wait, it's my mic! <laughs>
0: Hello? <laughs> dude, dude, the audio listeners, Hey, am pulling so, like the so, their phones <laughs> out. Pulling like, their
2: play. phones out on the bus right now, There's like a five-second like delay the before they can hear What's
0: going yeah. on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's
1: happening right now? There's like a five to 10 second delay before you guys can hear me. It's fucking crazy. I don't know what happened. But oh, is I that just what's want going to on? explain. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. To maybe the audio the listeners oh. and the viewers. It has just moved into a new place. Oh. Yeah, and you showed up oh, fucking Christ, one second me. before we were supposed to go live, so we couldn't <clears> test anything. Wait 10 seconds for them to hear me, viewers. There we go. Perfect.
0: God, it's so funny. Uh, it's, God, that's such a funny interaction.
1: Okay, I'm crying. Oh God, dude, the voices. Did you Did you guys see the comic core video about the voices in Kamido's head? That was a really well made announcement. No. It's got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but no. <laughs> it was a good one. No. Right. right, Brent. Did you have a comment about tier
2: two, or shall we? Yeah, move on? I mean, I just yes, I did. It was it was the because. I don't think we should brush off the concerns of orgs dropping out of tier two in Ascension just because it, it already happened in in NA and um, and the other regions before that, you know, because China's doing their whole process like now. Uh, I think it just spells a bit of a bigger issue, which is there still there still isn't enough I'm not saying there needs to be full support and full like riot just need to like absolutely front load with money the tier two scene and support it entirely. But uh they are making the right strides towards it, I suppose. The Ascension teams being part of the skin deals, like making sure there's more incentives to actually be in tier two. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I would I need to see a little bit more, I think, as well, just to just to have uh, more security. Because right now it is it's still a massive gamble to be involved in tier two in Valorant if your entire payout is relying on Ascension. That's still a yeah, single definitely. slot every single year. It, it doesn't really feel like there's enough there, and I think the future comes from their premiere plans, right? And hopefully, at some point, being able to incorporate something like what Fortnite does—where's Barla when you need him? <laughs> the, um, but but where they have their their in their in-game tournament client and how it's it's essentially just baked in, and they they had a ton of support for that, where a lot of the a lot of the pro scene was just basically. Um, fully supported by that in-game system and a lot of pros got their first start through that I know they're working towards that they recently posted that i think 2024 is the time when they're going to yeah. be transitioning over to that right where you can you can actually qualify for challenges but um for me that i think I mean, bad news for any TOs and tournament organizers, but genuinely, the next step might be just trying to literally bring it mainly in-house with a lot of those systems as much as possible. That, then you run into other issues where you're know you, you you're fully in charge of like the admining and, and everything else regarding that. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I just I just want to see a more streamlined system for Tier 2 where it's easy to compete, the rules are already outlined well in advance, and orgs know what they're getting themselves into just to help with a bit more of that sustainability. Um mm-hmm. But right now it's is literally it's still the carrot on the stick, even if even if they are including the revenue for the Ascension teams, it's still that, that one shot in a million where you are the Ascension team that, that can that can win and, and, and eventually get a payout, you know? It's
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean I think that they've done a good job of making the system work a lot better for the tier one teams, but yeah, it is it is difficult to make anything happen unless you're pretty confident that you're gonna be able to win Ascension in Tier Two. Uh speaking about Tier Two teams, you know, Fancy United. They competed in Afrika. What? Let's move on to talk wow, about Afrika, that was... though. That's, that's one of the segues of all time. Guys, I'm <laughs> lagging out. Guys, I can't... <laughs> Wait. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Uh, Sentinels, they won the Afrika TV tournament. Haters in shambles. They've done it. They're the best team in the world. Finesse said that they are the, the top three team in the world right now. Um, so... Yeah. The... Uh, yeah. What are you gotta say, are. You fucking
2: Sentinels haters? I'm not a Sentinels hater. No, I wanted are. to put them in the S it's on tier. On record? No. So in the way too early tier list, I wanted to put them in the S tier and I was getting shot down entirely. Now I will say on the back I've learned from I've learned from our past grievances, and I I'm no longer going to be an overreact Orwell. And I am going <laughs> to just I'm just going to take these tournament results with, with a grain of salt. But what I think this proves to oh, me... Oh,
1: so you're overreacting when Sentinels lose, but you're not overreacting when Sentinels win. Curious. Sounds no, like bias no, to me no, from Platt no, against no, Sentinels. Not,
2: me, I am not biased commentator. Do not do not ever post about <laughs> me being a biased commentator. Ever. I read every comment and I will be furious if you post about me being a biased commentator anywhere. I read every... I scour the fucking the web. I'm looking through the wayback machine to look at old <laughs> ancient forums you don't know the fucking power i have
3: the, i really hope the, that next year whenever you do a match the twitch chat is just by bias commentator, by his commentator mean,
2: that's, that's pretty standard i think they're, no i i think watching this tournament or at least watching the the sentinels win and a lot of their matches they're this cemented in my mind that they are a team that should be punching for a top spot. I'm not going to claim that they're a top team, like a top three team, because I think that's pretty egregious at this point, because we know how quickly Valorant can change in just a matter of two months when it comes to teams' performances and the meta shifts and just any any little thing, like an internal dynamic can just cause a team to just go completely off course. Like There's been numerous examples of this. But what I think it did showcase is that... The, the talent is there, and I think that they are making all the right strives to actually be a team that should be punching for tournament spots, for for top placements in their own domestic leagues, 100%. Are they a top three team in the world? It's way too early to say that. Listen, I mean, fucking sure, Finesse is going to say it. You know, he's sat as his, his little... Command center, and he's like, fucking, he's whatever, you know. Over these, <laughs> every word that gets know, out of his mouth gets clipped and posted on YouTube by like fifty channels to just get farmed for revenue. I mean, I just can't <laughs> imagine having that much influence over like the fourteen-year-old population of Valorant. That's just insane. That's just insane. But the, 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 the I just, I don't think it makes him a top three team. It's, it's, it's. They're, they're a top okay, team. So you're still I think a doubter and a That's okay. Th- I'm not. A, I'm not a doubter and hater. I just think that. <laughs> Because I, cause I, I'm not gonna say the same. I'm not saying it's fucking Jova for the for the teams that ended up losing this tournament. Like I, I'm willing to give them a bit of a benefit of the doubt, maybe with the exception of like DRX, maybe. But I, I think <laughs> Senna.
1: Oh, well, we'll get to DRX later. Yeah, on. well, we'll get to I, DRX. chobra what do you think of Sentinels?
4: I I mean I actually agree pretty much entirely with what Bren said. Right? I think what Lucky they card. showed. Wasn't that they were just like simply farming people with just aim or whatnot, right? I mean, I think the improvements they made even for instance like even just on their sunset like throughout the tournament I thought just showed that they were working on the things that you would want to see a good team work towards right in the way that How they're reacting to their opponents rather than just like oh, we have one more set play, right? It's it's not like they're relying on just you know one, one certain style or one certain thing um, <clears throat> So I agree. I think I guess the best way to put it, and I feel the same way about a couple other teams that played at the AVL as well, is that we were seeing them adapt better and better as time went on throughout just the tournament and also just overall in the offseason. And I think, and also I guess we could kind of see just how much winning AVL meant for them, right? Like just really grinding away during the offseason. I think those are all really good signs for the team, you know, regardless of what else fans might be thinking about the roster, et cetera. So, yeah, I think it's promising. I also agree, yeah, it's, like, way too early to figure out if they're a top-three team in the world, but um, I think I think it's very reasonable for fans to hope to see them at the, like, international tournaments, for sure.
3: Yeah, for me, I, I thought that, like, they have an advantage because, obviously, they've been playing in so many off seasons, you know, tournaments that, like, you know, they've been in that kind of grind set. And to me, a big part of what Sentinel's success came from was that they, they looked... Like they were sharp. They looked like they knew what their mm. reactions to stuff should be. They looked like, they looked like they were somewhat in a mid-season form. Whereas a lot of the other teams that they were playing against, obviously, like this is their first off-season tournament, or whatever. So you know they looked a bit rusty or whatever. Um, but to me, the big great thing about Sentinels is Zelsis looks really good. Like uh, other than that Haven game uh, yep. where he's playing Viper, yep. he looked really good, and John QT as well looks really good and looks like a really good IGL yeah, and frag. a really good player as well so like to me that's like that's the big takeaway that i had that like okay this five these five players looks like they could do something
1: yeah i, I think the addition of John cutie and zelsis has just revolutionized this team <laughs> it's it's <laughs> crazy I, having watched this tournament i was you know previously last week even after we saw sentinels um have the first win. Who did they play against? Uh, D1 or something? Um, last week I was saying, you know, I'm still a fan of Tens being on the bench. It doesn't really seem to make too much sense to me. Like, Celsius could play all the roles that he's playing. I'm... Starting to change my mind. <sighs> You're a hater.
2: You're a certified, no, certified Wilkinson hater moment. Certified no, certified Wilkinson hater moment.
1: Certified Wilkinson seen the light. Egg moment. on his face. Seeing Wait, the light. what do you mean moment. egg on your light moment? <laughs> well, because previously I was like, you could just drop Tens to the bench, put Pancada in, oh. and I think that this team would still be performing really well. But I, I and I do think that there's still a bunch of stuff that Tens is not doing amazingly. But the way in which this roster is playing overall and the aggression that you get from Zekken and Tens and the way that that's followed up by, I don't know, the the coordination with Sassy was actually much better in this uh, tournament on bind and split. Uh, and the, the, the fact that you always have Zelsis and John there ready to call a mid-round or ready to be able to trade for them. I think this is a really nice system. And I think it's unfortunate for Pancada that he's gotten a bit fucked out at the end of this, but it would be, it would be almost weird for me if they ended up going back having seen the results. And if this is what they were looking at in the scrims, then I can certainly appreciate why they made this decision to move away from Pancarda. Um Because, it, yes, it's going to require quite a lot of continued growth on maps like Haven and Ascent, where you just have the solo smokes comps. But on maps where... You are playing a Viper or maps where you're playing John Cutie on uh, Cypher where he can hard anchor one of the sides as well I think having tens on this aggressive omen he's actually taken to it way better than he did on duelist he's taken to it way better than he did playing the uh the supportive roles as well I guess supportive I'm meaning mainly the initiator stuff when I was watching him play initiator on pearl and on ascent where he's playing the ko I was like this doesn't actually look like it has too many legs but even after one tournament of watching him play omen i think people have focused a lot on the tiktok plays from him and there are a few of those with him getting a bit too aggressive but the general stuff is actually really good it's it's pretty intelligent and he's just seems to be showing a natural affinity for it that he doesn't seem to have as readily on the duelist or the initiator mm. picks so Fuck it. I am down. Tens over. Let's go. <laughs> Dude,
0: I Wilkinson. just to
4: go go off the back of that as well. I think it's a good point you brought up because now that they have two people that can be freely aggressive, right? You, you've got second and, second and tens that can both kind of do their own thing, and then you have the support system to back them up. You don't have to rely on any, you know, either one of them having to pop off, and not to continue you know this crazy narrative of the glue guy but having someone like zealysis to hype up the aggression (laughs) and keep it going i think is really important the the whole time i was watching this tournament casting it all I could think about is just imagine if DRX had someone like Zelsus for the past oh two years God. just hyping
1: them up well, if and they always buzz yeah, in our If beach, they got just... one of, if they got one of their glue guys, RB and Zest, <laughs> to sniff glue, maybe they could get close to where <laughs> Zelsus is. Because <laughs> Zelsus is a is a maniac. Too, yeah. He's got so much charisma and energy that he brings yeah. as well. Glue guy would be a great
3: name for for a player. Michael, mag- we guy. describe
2: many players as the glue guy, and sometimes it's been a bad thing. Some whenever someone describes I love the term glue guy to, to describe the player who like fills in the gaps in a team and, and can really do it. But then I always remember Josh saying, Yeah, I mean if he was a horse, I'd be turning him into glue. Whereas referring to God knows how many players I think that so, there
1: wasn't many players. I don't frequently use that line. You use I think that it, a lot, Josh. It, no you constantly it, you, ask
2: to turn players into glue. It's it's getting out of hand. You
1: used it. It, to talk about Ross when he was playing for Guild, about him being a really important glue guy—that's who I thought I would he turn is, into. Yeah, Ross is an important glue guy. Yeah. Again, he if he had a horse, if he was a horse, I don't need to continue. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Glue,
2: glue man made his first appearance at the inaugural German Rumble. Mm, <laughs> holy. That's incredible. That oh is insane. <laughs> this is Celtics. This is what everyone else wants Celtics. To be. <laughs> shitty character. Wow. That is insane. He's minus 5,000 pounds. That is nasty. I I think to get back on track with the sentimental <laughs> stuff. I I think my, the thing that I think is the biggest improvement for this team, obviously, Zelsis is 100% with, with the communication aspect and just his level of play. But my God, having a competent IGL and a team mm. that's all on the same yeah. page does wonders for any team. I mean, that is so apparent because I think I don't think Sentinels were lacking too much firepower last season, you know, in the, in the season that we just witnessed. Um, but they definitely lacked, I think, a, a capable IGL that knew exactly how to call, call the quarter shots and and also just having a coordination to all be on the same time. When I watch the Sentinels team play that I think that I, I see them in the moment, they're calling decisions and they're reacting so much faster than even paper X is. Obviously paper X were m- messing around with their, with their roster in the finals and the entire tournament. They weren't running their, their core, but they you know there was there was instances like on split where they, they they immediately called to like reclear through um heaven retaking on like one of the sites uh, heaven through ramp and they're just on it immediately before X are yeah, even yeah. off the site in their own post position positions I think like there was there, a pistol. there was yeah, there was like so many instances of that where they all they're immediately on the same page, and there's yeah. none of that hesitation that you see with teams. that are just a little bit uncertain, and and it comes from just a lot of discipline, a lot of reps, but also a really good IGL. And, and John QT doesn't have the same problem where a lot of IGLs you know, they give up, they give up, they have a really good quality when it comes to just their calling, but then they give it up with with just aim, you know, like uh,
1: Rob the king can frag. But
3: but you know.
1: Bren's blown out his microphone yeah, doing a run. <laughs> <laughs> looking at him. This episode <laughs> has got some demons.
3: Anyway, I, I was going to say that it, re, it a bit of it reminds me the way Sentinels were playing, like at their best, reminded me of Cloud Nine last year, where everything is so fast, everything is like like a little horde of ants that just all know what they're doing and just do it straight away without any questions. Um, that reminded me a bit of Cloud Nine, like you know when they were starting to. come about like and you'd see cloud9 just insta react to something and just they'd all be there as soon as you're trying to take the site and whatever and they'd flood in on you like some of sentinels the stuff they were doing i was like oh I, i can see it and and you know obviously part of that probably is Zelsis but also you know as you said like john you know adding into that as well with some of his calling i i just think i mean this is this is an interesting point right like right now where would you guess that sentinels would finish in the america's league
1: uh, before we even know who NRG have got on their roster, or who EG have got as well. Well, <laughs> let's take EG out of it. Just head, It's one to 10 Are we say assuming, EG don't exist. Okay, and we're assuming that NRG are like a bad team yeah. that are just irrelevant in this situation, in this sure. hypothetical universe as well. They've got two I mean, players. They're, they're playing 2v5 every week. Yeah, they'd be up at the top. I think they'd probably... Be, they'd certainly be top three in America's. So I think they'd probably be top two with Leviathan. Yeah,
4: I would mm-hmm. have said top two as well.
1: If they're playing like this and, uh, and, but also (laughs) one of the things that's biasing, I think the entire community towards Sentinels in the off season is that we just haven't seen some of these other teams Mm. play very much. If we had seen a ton of Leviathan playing all throughout the off season and they, because from what we've seen, they are a really solid team. I think people would be super high on that. If we'd seen G2 perform, having actually got some reps with Leaf and, and, got back up to the level that they were playing at when they were playing in, G- in Tier 2, I think we'd be seeing a lot of hype around that team as well. If we saw Loud and what they've been doing in QCK is actually anywhere near successful, then... Obviously, you've got to be excited about that team, too. They've they've made, obviously, a big change in losing Aspas, but you should still expect that team to be pretty competent. So I think it's a bit of, like, just exposure bias at the moment, where, obviously, Sentinels look really, really clean, but you also have to keep in mind that they're a team that probably only has a format pool right now, they are playing against competition that hasn't had the most practice and is mo- moving around their rosters fairly frequently. And we haven't seen a lot of the other teams that you would have in the big heavy hitters around the world and around America's. Um, so it's not to say the Sentinels are bad or getting fraudulent wins, but we're not seeing the whole picture at the moment. Um, I do want to ask though about the map pool. I, I was looking at this. They, they somehow managed to avoid playing Ascent like this whole tournament which I don't think is going to be a great map for them. And, I mean, maybe it is, actually. Maybe Zelsis is just going to end up playing the KO and Omen. And, uh, you know, if Tens can play Omen on that map, maybe it's maybe it'll be perfectly fine. But um, their Haven looked atrocious. So mm. just to hit on the topic a little bit of the points of which Sentinels need to improve on, I know that you wanted to go off about Haven, TMV.
3: This was... I mean, look, I'm a big fan of the Viper comp. I think that the Viper comp is... Pretty easily better than any other compound haven right now. This was the this was the worst I think I've seen in terms of just like they just they just didn't even fucking use it. It's like what what are we <laughs> doing? I tell I told you in the chat that it looked like Xel'sis's keyboard disconnected. That he just he just wasn't using his abilities. People were coming to A and it's like where's the orb? The orb is there. Yeah. Use the orb, please use the orb, and he's not yeah. using it. He's not using it, and then or or like the wall comes up too late on C, or maybe at the wrong time on C. It just looked. And sure, Team Liquid looked pretty good on Haven, right? They looked they look like a pretty decent team there. So it's not like it's not like the end of the world, and it's only one map, and the rest of the map pool that they did show looked pretty good. So that's good. But oh god, it was just like it was like annoying to watch this game because it was like, okay, in fact maybe it was a good thing that they were this bad. Because it could have been easy if they just dominated on every map. You might have said, oh, well, maybe the other teams are just awful. But I think that this map proved that, like, you know, hey, Team Liquid aren't awful. They've got some nice ideas and, you know, they're doing okay. So when then when Sentinels beat them on the other maps, maybe that gives you more hopium that, you know, this is a real team that they're playing and not just some, you know, team that's not even trying. But there was just so many instances where it was just... And, and I, did they play a different comp in one of the games as well?
4: They did. They they played yeah. a different one of the first match against Paper Rex, which was with the Breach. It was the standard yeah. one just with Cypher instead of Killjoy.
3: Yeah. And so then they moved to this. And as I said, I, I'm a big fan of I, I think that this is just... I, I think the Viper is just OP on Haven, to be honest. It's in my opinion. There's a 10s TP for you. Look at that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I like that. I appreciated it. It's in a 1v3. What else is he going to do? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, It, it seemed to me like Zelsis had not played very much Viper on the map because mm. he just felt like... You know when you play something new for the first time and you know theoretically what you're supposed to be doing, yeah. but in the moment you're so overwhelmed that you're like... You watch a VOD later and you're like, why didn't I just use my ability there? Why didn't I do this in this instance? But it's just because your mental bandwidth is taxed. I, I think over time he'll get better at that and Sentinels as a whole will get better on this map too. Um, But I, I think that... uh. It's definitely an area that they need to improve on because their overall understanding of the map was also off. It wasn't just the fact that Zelsis was new to playing Viper. They were,
0: for example, like... Yeah,
1: Yeah. they never flood defended A at any point. They were trying to stack it with three players, which just isn't how you play with the Viper Orb. That isn't using its advantages correctly. So they had a really weak B and C site as a result of that because they were playing 3A in a lot of these rounds. And um, Team Liquid punished them for that. Uh, I... I think I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this new game plan with Sentinels though. I've been I've been vehemently against their their experimentation, but I think this win uh, in this tournament has brought me onto the side of, you know, give it some time and I think the coaches have actually found a decent direction for the team here. And everyone looks really committed to making it work. Sassy's playing the best Valorant that he has since joining Sentinels. He's actually getting wins on Sova. How is this happening? So <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's impressive. Um, I, I do think, though, I was impressed with Team Liquid. That was one of the big things that I had as a takeaway from this tournament. I know that they didn't make the finals, but they were playing some good Valorant. And coming off that T1 Liquid game, which was mega sloppy, I mean, six aces in this match, <laughs> watching Liquid play in some of their later <laughs> games, I was impressed with the ideas that they brought to the table. This is a genuinely decent team. My take on liquid is just is just
3: that they're 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 gonna end up as the same team as last year they're gonna end up at that same level like third best fourth best team in emea but they're just gonna do it without the high highs and without the super low lows they're just gonna be more consistent but just like more in the middle that's just who who i think team liquid just uh, that's just who i think they'll be this year and so yeah they had some nice maps there were some other times where it's like, what the fuck is going on? Mis- Speaking of tens doing some crazy plays, Mystic as well. Mystic's Mystic is obsessed with teeping behind people. He, he, he—that's his fetish. I, he, like he just <laughs> absolutely loves teeping behind people and getting free kills on them, which works sometimes somehow. But then when it doesn't work, oh my god, you look like an idiot. Um, but yeah, I just feel like uh, Liquid. I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of. I'm, I feel like I know what they'll be, I think, is the problem. Like, I know that they will be good, but not, like, very good. I feel like that's where I am with them. But maybe I'll be getting proven wrong.
2: Brennan, can I get a mic check? Is, yeah, is my mic okay? Oh, oh no no my back. God.
1: Brennan's back. It's working? I thought what the hell get. was happening? <laughs> I don't know what was happening there. I guess you just have to I, I was talking for ages,
2: and then, I, and then nobody was responding. And I was like, oh, this is mean, guys. And then Kurt was like... <laughs> Cause I was like, did you fix your mic? And I'm like, I, it's fine on my end. No one's told me it's broken. They, just, you guys just said like, oh, your mic's blown up. But in my ears, it's fine. I'm like, I'm listening to my. Oh, that was fine. I
1: see. I see. You didn't even realize that you were gone. Yeah, we were missing <laughs> your hot takes. Uh, what was your what was your feel on Liquid T1? He's gone,
0: gone again. He's gone He's tro- he- Either he's trolling or Kurt's
1: trolling. Someone's trolling this episode, man. Save this for a few months and upload it on April 1st. Oh, st- <laughs> Look at I think we can face. hear you again. Wait, I think Whoa, we can hear you. Hello? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. you. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. Is it like some setting? I don't know. Is it whenever you speak loudly? Is it just Maybe. cutting a noise is gate? It, is like- it
2: like a noise? No, but my... It's fine in... Dude, this is so weird. Do I just have to whisper the entire time? Like this? <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I intermittently watch these these teams, but I just got the vibe of like teams that hadn't had much pl- practice and play time. Um, but I, I, I got... think, yeah, I, I feel so unnatural to just be whispering, <laughs> essentially about this. The the yeah, I, I I think I think Team Liquid's got legs because one of the biggest issues of a lot of EMEA teams, I think, was the kind of IGLing component. But I think Enzo's not... He's definitely not one of the worst ones. I don't think he's one of the best ones in, in EMEA, but he's... hes hes I don't know. This, this team should be punching for minimum middle of the pack, if not a top placement, no?
1: I think Liquid are going to surprise people. I really liked what I saw from them in this tournament. Considering it was the first time that we've seen them together, they were really coordinated on the kind of ideas that they wanted to go for. And they had good movement around the map. Like, Enzo is calling these guys in a coordinated fashion they they did end up losing to t1 and this this game had so much like madness happening in it but the way in which they absolutely thrashed sentinels on haven and still some of their uh gameplay on split was really nice too uh they've got aggressive ideas on a lot of their maps on defense their attack side calling was like sharp it was quick and on even the game against t1 they had i think plenty of opportunities to be able to win this game um there was a lot of mess at the beginning of the half where there was like eco rounds swinging back and forth between the teams and t1 got out to a good start at the beginning of lotus um but i think team liquid's game plan was so much better than t1's was And then they just let it slip because they made a lot of mistakes in post-plan. It it reads to me, honestly, like Liquid are a good team without as good player quality as a lot of some of these other top teams. And I don't mean that because their players are shit, because Yampy also popped off in this tournament. But I just mean that their players tend to make like oopsie-daisy one little mistake and things kind of crumble a little bit more. And they don't often have somebody bailing them out of horrendous spots, although Yampy was in this tournament. But I, I think they look like a really solid team, uh, like system team structure. I think they're going to be pretty good. Well oh, but you said I, they're going to surprise people. What?
3: What, what is a Team Liquid surprise? I,
1: I mean, a Team Liquid surprise would be that you get given like a pork pie and it's got horse in it or something, wouldn't it? I don't know. What, <laughs> what, I, don't, I don't know what. I don't know what the Team Liquid surprise necessarily is. Where? where I don't know. I mean, what are people's expectations for Liquid? I, Mine were that the, they were just going to be a very solid, <laughs> mediocre team, and I think that they're going to be able to upset better I think teams. Most people when they're having feel like a bad they'll day. be
3: like fourth or something. You know, like, 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 really? like the
1: fourth. Yeah, I, th- I think most
3: people would probably out of eleven. Well, who, who 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 would you definitely yeah. have above them? You definitely have like Fnatic and Navi Fnatic, above Navi.
1: I think a lot of people have got like a team like Vitality above them or Foot above them, don't they? I, I feel like they're all in that same maybe group, though. No, yeah,
4: they're all in the same weird, wishy-washy. Yeah. and I don't think any
2: fair
1: of them are then.
4: standing out just yet, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. I mean, I, I the, think the that's high with... praise for Liquid. I was thinking of even less of that. I, I didn't think that they would be <laughs> well, able I to compete. I think it's with more of an
2: indicator on EMEA, you know? Like, I just, I just don't have a lot of hopes for EMEA. Maybe that's just me being a biased commentator again. <laughs> but a fucking Doomer. Yeah. I don't know. I. I. Yeah. I mean.
3: I mean, Plachat has historically been the
1: place of EMEA Doom, of course. I mean, yeah. yeah.
2: Apart from Wilkinson, Wilkinson's been the, the main, the main spokesperson of EMEA.
1: I mean, I just cursed them years ago. I was talking about, <laughs> I was talking about FPX winning the title back in 2020. It just never. <laughs> well, they did eventually. <laughs> they did yeah, eventually, eventually. Yeah. Copen- it took until Copenhagen and an organisation change and some roster moves. But yeah, the thing um, with
4: Team Liquid is, uh, I, and I think. This is this kind of goes off of both of what you guys were saying is that yeah, they look fine. I think their overall ideas seem good, right? The overall like uh, mindset going into a round is good, etc. But the difference between what we saw from them and the and sentinels, for instance, is that sentinels you could tell everyone was on the same page, like contributing to it, right? If they got into a 4v5 or if they got contact. It wasn't just Sean QT being like, okay, this is like step two of our plan and then everyone follows because then they wouldn't have been able to be that quick. Uh, so I think that's the biggest difference is that, okay, like they're they're going to be fine. Uh, you know, they'll win some matches. Yeah, they they prob- they could have a shot at going to an international tournament. But it's like you said, I think the reason we didn't see them anyone really bailing them out is because unless Yampy was getting some insane flick, right, or, or some crazy 4K it it had to really be off of individual performance rather than like converting things as a team. And I, and I think that's the biggest difference between them and a team like Sentinels. Also, the the biggest reason they lost to T1 is because R- Rossi somehow got six clutches throughout yeah. this match. <laughs> like, how in the world does one yeah. man win six rounds single-handedly? Like, that's insane. But uh, that aside, I think, overall... And, and that goes to the same point as well, right? I mean, if you're not able to overcome certain situations as, you know, duos and trios and that's that's where you're not able yeah. to turn around certain rounds.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. But uh, that's actually been a criticism of a lot of the EMEA teams from America's players in the past is that they think EMEA teams play too too structured and that always makes people like con- confused a little bit. But it kind of comes down to what you're talking about. When things go into like a 3v4 or something or when things are a little chaotic, do your players have enough game iq to call an audible and realize this is my opportunity to make a round winning play or you know something like that where it doesn't have to be some big coordinated team idea and i think liquid are good on the big team ideas but not as much on the the smaller stuff I do want to, I, so I agree with you, Joe. but I, I want to get your take on T1 because this is a team oh, that no. none of us had any clue what the hell was going on with their roster. Oh, my and God. I really thought Autumn might have been trolling all of us by having Carpe IGL, Rossi oh, coming in. Like it is, th- somewhat. This, team, this team was pretty decent, but also kind of Did bonkers. They
2: exceeded my expectations massively. I mean, they, my expectations were in the, like they were six feet deep for T1, I was like this <laughs> this team's done man, <laughs> uh, like we were scouring CS VODs to see what the fuck he was doing, like there, yeah. was, there was no shot
3: what, what is in their blood by the way because he's just come straight to Val and straight away, just like his yeah. brother. Yeah, I'm playing fucking Cypher and Chamber and then I'm playing Smokes and I'm playing whatever the fuck. Put me on whatever and it doesn't matter. Like every every other player were like, oh, tens. this is going to take a while t- for for tens to adapt to Smokes. Like, oh my goodness. You got the last name
1: Sosanto, and it's just like fucking do whatever the fuck you want. Play whatever you want. Are you saying that there's... So if you're saying what's in the blood, are you saying there's a genetic advantage or are you accusing them of doping? Are you saying there's a doping <laughs> scandal in the Sosanto family? No. <laughs> because,
4: oh man!
1: <clears throat> but T1, can I just quickly on go off factors. about T1?
4: Go yes.
3: Because uh, look, I said um, on uh, on a podcast that I do for Ascend that if T1 don't play King, I will not watch any of their games. Well, I've already <laughs> gone back on that because I did watch these games. Because they, why? Why? Maybe Chobra you know? Why are Korean teams doing this? Why? Like they signed King. Okay, he was not already there. They have signed King, and now he is not playing, even though he is clearly good enough to be a Tier 1 player, unless again, Autumn is trolling, possible but it seems like king is not playing and it's like oh hey king we'll sign you into this korean roster hey we've got a bunch of korean players oh we're also going to pick up forsaken's brother oh and then we're gonna spin the spin the na wheel of tier two players and pick up rossi as well and now you know oh we're speaking english now and you can't speak english great so unlucky you're off the team what are they doing like king is such a good player like such a good player and and he just got fucked essentially for seemingly no reason and again they signed to this guy they did not have to do that i'm just pointing (laughs) that out they didn't have to sign king but they did and now he's getting (laughs) fucked and we'll get to drx in in a second but with king and with zeta on the bench as well who's an incredible player it's like you get the drx players and those two guys you've, you've got four insane players like fuck it dfm Scrap whatever you were doing Just <laughs> yeah. go <inside> these <laughs> Actually,
1: Dude, can you imagine DFM with King, Zeta, Zest, RB And then Stu or 51. Yeoman But Stu or New Yeoman, one of them has to get dropped yeah. if Rare Atom yeah, win oh, yeah. Ascension So there's like another goated <laughs> Korean player Probably about to emerge on the market DFM could do the funniest thing to fuck <laughs> over their
0: Japanese fans <laughs>
4: <laughs> They'd have a good team though. No, I, I agree that's that's actually probably a really strong uh, Korean roster. But go, going going <laughs> going back to King. Um, so I don't know the actual reasons for what's going on at T1 right now, but if I had to wager a guess, knowing King's career and, and knowing what I've seen and heard from his past teams, um he doesn't exactly bring the best chemistry in communication and teamwork, as far as I've seen and been told. So it has to be something that happened during the scrims. Where <laughs> listen, I, this is just just based off of his, his past careers. There's also like, for instance, I think one of the if we think back to when King was on uh, Vision Strikers and DRX, and then eventually he gets he gets benched. A lot of that seemed to also be because he wasn't willing to be as flexible. Now that seems to have changed yeah. a bit during his time on Gen G, right? But you know, he just wasn't able to adapt to uh, the chamber meta. He just wasn't able to adapt to trying to op. Uh, he was he was always very intent on like having to rifle. You know, he was not a big fan of like picking up things like the Odin or the Judge and things like that, where sometimes that would have made him like an even better player that really anchored the site uh, even stronger. Uh, for for DRX at the time, so uh, there's got to be something there, right? Because I think everyone agrees mechanically. Uh, he's very gifted, and he's one of those players where you can just be like, "Hey, just like hold that site and he'll do it, right to to the end of the world." But if he's constantly being shuffled out of of so many of these rosters, I've got to imagine that that trend continues. Of it's not it's not his in game ability per se individually, but much more as a team. Uh, now, uh, now I think the only part I would strongly agree with DMV is I guess the question is, is why did you sign him right like you probably could have tested this out <laughs> during scrims or something during trials so I don't know what happened there um, but it, also they there was recently that <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is this tweet
1: for any audio listeners King tweeted when Rossi got signed who the fuck is this guy <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> gotta be a joke though they must have to been be. working no,
0: no, no, together to oh, be. a
3: while but in the right? context but of what we've just heard the it fact does that not seem up. like a joke does it
4: <laughs> yeah that's so funny um, but we, we also just recently had the interview after avl from carpe and um uh, autumn I, I didn't link it prior but maybe you can find it kurt um where i think autumn mentioned that rossi they rossi wasn't even confirmed internally for their roster like during their other offseason events right so this really was a last minute addition so clearly whatever they were trying to work out prior to that i mean xcuret he said was always you know kind of in their mind of being on the starting roster but clearly whatever you know didn't work there uh they wanted to bring in really
1: unusual yeah But but that's also coming along with Zeta hitting the bench and then changing the IGL over to Carpe. And while I think that Carpe's generally doing an alright job of IGLing for this team, his individual play didn't suffer too much in the game against EDG.
0: oh my god oh
1: my lord what was i watching in the game against liquid and now (laughs) re like thinking back to the game against edg as well i think i was easily impressed by a guy that didn't just
3: don't get me started on this edg game don't get me started on the bind gecko can we ban uh, gecko just got buffed we're gonna see more gecko can we ban pro players from playing gecko because they are so shit at it? it is unbelievable how bad they are carpe didn't pick up a single ability the entire game of Bind. not once did he ever pick up one of the orbs ever not an ult not a dizzy not a wingman ever how has that happened why are you playing this fucking agent if you're not picking up the abilities
0: Fucking play yes. anything
1: else! <laughs> you know what's funny as well? I was watching it thinking, wow, they're comboing the Sky Flashes and the Dizzy actually really nicely to get into these sites, And I wasn't even paying attention to the fact that he was just discarding them, just throwing them away. <laughs> like oh, it's a reverse it's the worst. lock and he's just leaving his Pokemon yes. to die. The, the,
4: the even worst worst part is, is they they've played Gecko for Carpe before, right? Yes! They played
1: so many times!
4: But but back then they, it looked a lot yes!
3: better. Yes. Right? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It looks so much better. And then he's playing it now and maybe it's cuz he's iGLing, right? Maybe that's what it is that he just like it's hard yeah, to like like ideal bandwidth again yeah yeah you can't do it all but me. fucking hell like we're gonna see more gecko after that buff because it's a pretty sizable buff but then again the buff wouldn't have impacted the way carpe was playing because he never <laughs> even fucking tried to
1: pick anything up
3: <laughs> oh that's so fucking
0: funny
1: i i mean i i i feel like it wasn't this wasn't the game that made me mauled about Carpe. It was yes, the fact that on Lotus, yeah. he was just sky flashing his team or himself through every smoke possible as the answer to every situation. And it was usually just getting turned and he was dying. And it was it was pretty tragic. And that made me worried because that's not just a individual bandwidth issue. That's a, I've decided to take me and my entire team to reclaim mound and we're going to do it with one sky flash and just run at them. And... I I think it failed like three or four times. Is this the round where he's used his ult there? I think
3: he doesn't use an ability this round. Oh no, he does that. There's a round. There's a round where it goes to like twenty seconds left, and he doesn't use a single ability on Gecko. How is that even
1: possible? (laughs) I don't know. I can't say anything that's going to help you, TMV. You need a therapist. Yeah. (laughs) This This is nothing else that can be done. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I saw a lot of people being impressed by T1's run. I am a doubter. I'm a doubter. I think EDG looked kind of poo in this tournament, and mm. w- we'll probably get to them. Yeah. Get to them, but. <laughs> The game against Liquid was a one off, nominally. Not in the way, not in the fact that T1 will never beat Liquid again, but the way in which it happened six aces, yeah. crazy rounds all over the place. Rossi couldn't lose a clutch. This is not what you're normally going to get, frankly, from either team. But yeah. I don't think you're going to get. When I'm looking at how the teams are approaching the maps, I did not like the way that they were approaching Lotus. I think Team Liquid had a way better plan on that, even though they ended up you know going to ot and yeah. only just scraping yeah. it through and i think that the their approach to ascent as well was a bit bizarre um even though they ended up getting the Dude, win there in the end
2: issue with t1 for the longest time has been their calling just in general from from beginning to end there was a small instance where they where it was looking alright actually they i thought that they were making good good strides towards it like a tokyo and then it went downhill again at champs and they I still don't have faith in the calling aspect of, like, their general understanding of how they should be playing a lot of these maps. They, it doesn't seem to be on par with with what you need to be a top team. Like, I, I agree with you. I think so many of those rounds going down to just firepower moments. And, yeah. But then it again, give me, it, I, I feel like
3: a lot that's, of hope. The, that's the thing with T1, though, right? That in those rounds, like, they did win that game. And they won that game based off the individual play. At least that gives you some hope that the individuals are good players, right? Like yeah, It gives we me didn't...
2: hope that they will be yeah. in, uh, like a mid-table team. They'll be punching <laughs> so, in domestically. Totally not Dude, They'll be I... punching domestically, but I don't <laughs> think this is a team that can be punching for a title unless they, like, drastically improve their overall ideas of what they have going into maps. Yeah. Because no, the problem with that it's, argument uh,
1: as well, TMV, is that they also lost a lot of rounds via their individual decision-making too. True. So while, yes, they do win big rounds, like Harpe's insane ace with his Sheriff too, he also tossed a few of the rounds. And we've seen Itsu also in this tournament with a lot more of the shaky play compared to what he was doing earlier on when he was just on smokes and just able to focus on that. And I think Excurate though has been yeah. an excellent addition to this team. I I did see a couple of... Like, when he played Bind against EDG, I don't think he looked very good on the Brimstone. I think he looked excellent on Chamber. I think Mm -hmm. he had some fantastic moments where he uh, popped off when he was playing Harbour on Breeze as well. Uh, But then, I guess because he's a fairly new player to Valorant in general, because he's only been playing for like a year or something and not at the top level, right? He'll probably end up getting better. He's he, he certainly seems skilled, and his opping is fantastic. So the more they can get him a chamber, the better it's going to be. So as long as there's no cipher meta,
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no, they'll no, fine. No. <laughs> oh. So I, I, it's funny you mentioned that because I and um I was talking with like Achilles as well. We both. Felt that excurate was going to kind of be that that wild card for T1, where he could either make or break the team the mm-hmm. way he plays. Right, if he pops off, obviously you know it's going to be great. But then sometimes he seems to really, uh, sometimes unnecessarily take things into his own hands when they don't need it yet. Uh, like the way he pushes out to like gain control. But at the same time, now that we're discussing it, I'm thinking back and I wonder if actually Excurate might be the one with the best understanding of. Like map theory and map control in Valorant as far as I can tell if if I think back because what I was thinking about T1 and what I was excited about, you know, it's a double-edged sword, is that it's it seems to be that we can see more and more of what Autumn, Coach Autumn's theory is about Valorant and it seems to very much be focused around like team fighting very moba-esque ideas right they're constantly going for a lot of these compositions that that rely on throwing out a bunch of utility to distract your crosshairs and then go in and take over a site or go for a retake things like that right like the gecko sky like the euro sky euro sky race things like that so that's great they're skirmishes i think that's why they shine but it's, it always relies on that. And and then if we go off of what we just talked about, okay, well, then Carpe's always relying on these pop flashes to take over an area back. It goes again with if that's what they're practicing and that's what they're focusing on as their overall game theory, it all starts to make sense, but they're not really thinking about the overall macro play and uh, execute it there were a couple times during this entire tournament where Xcurit would do these unnecessary things, but that would allow them to understand the map so much better, right? The way he pushes out on certain rounds on Breeze with the harbor, it's like, well, you're just like throwing out Cascades with no information, but then he gets information. I mean, thankfully, he wins a couple of duels as well, but that then allows him to now focus on the rest of the skirmishes. So, you know, maybe it seems a little silly when you're watching it live, but now thinking back maybe he's the one that's actually holding the team together it was because was, there, was because, that
3: crazy round where he pushes out all it up, the way it's round 20 degrees yeah, yeah and, and then he just puts, puts up a wall and then it's like 20. and now you can't see me and uh,
1: yeah it was them all. it was bizarre but I think there might be something to that as well I think that he's got a good understanding potentially of when he needs to be walking forwards to gain information yeah. for the team but that's also why I think having him on the chamber helps because he can just do that with the operator and he's so consistent with his op he looks like a serious talent with the op he's not hitting the crazy flashy shots he's just if someone walks into his crosshair they're dying it's like watching nevera or something but if he could play yeah. chamber on you know on a team instead of <laughs> playing Omen or whatever the fuck nevera was on yeah. Um, but yeah it's this round so he's realized that there's a lot of space over towards A so he's pushing out of A in this round as harbour which is certainly weird <laughs> and very exploitable
0: and yeah, he does get scoring as
1: well and he somehow puts down a wall that allows him to play anti Bamboozles
3: liquid. This is so good.
1: And I was fun reviewing this. I have no idea if this was intentional. It kind of looks like it, it wasn't. Win.
0: Really? Because well, he just well, okay.
1: throws the wall in a straight line, and he's dude. He's is, is he really Europe. anticipating that? I think that's a panic. No, wall. I don't think he was
4: anticipating the flash per se. But he does know the euro is there, so maybe. But he's at least he's at least trying to set up this line, right? This this pixel. Definitely, angle that yeah, he can hold to, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that part's intentional for sure
1: the flash but the fact that he's <laughs> able to play on the other side of the wall and yeah. play anti-flash i oh think is God. just a happy coincidence i think he's just chuckling to himself as he heads <laughs> into the next round there but this is a fucking wild play for someone to go for when they're they're yeah. not known for playing harbor i mean he's you can see Maybe why, why they wanted to do him on it. the team because he's thinking outside he's, the box yeah, he's the wild card.
2: He's <laughs> like everybody needs a wild card with the heist goes down. You know, you've got the, you've got the demolitions expert, the hacker, the, the fucking god, the, 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 muscle, the muscle, but then yeah. you need the wild card. You need the wild card. They, the wild card who throws down all of their util and pushes out of a main when there could have been a player watching it slow default. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have not? somebody like that. Yeah, I don't know. There's usually a lot of, a lot of yeah. High stakes, baby. <laughs> Remember, everybody remember that set Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite baby, I love wow. Fortnite. The uh yeah, I a lot of CS players struggle to to come over to to Valorant because of instances like that where they don't like they they don't know the optimal play, but they know a play that that works and they know that timing. Like we were talking about, where they can take the map control. Um, But it's just it's just so easy to get punished for stuff like that in Valorant because there's so many ways to clear. Yeah. Um, in like just areas like that, and he, and the way that the maps play out, like he, and it's, 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 it's that should be a one and done. That should just be a it one and done be. angle. It was like, right. but, but it, it but be. it wasn't right. It, yeah, it
4: just wasn't. So, yeah. um, and then just to just to swing real back to the IGling. So I have been told that a big part of it is just that they needed someone who's willing to just take responsibility and take command of their comms. Um, and it it seems that and it seems that people who have followed. Uh, Carpe like internally behind the scenes even throughout overwatch all seem to agree Yeah, that if you look at it that way, it makes sense why you would get picked Um, That's what a lot of the Korean commentators are saying as well as an IGL It's not that he has like the best understanding of Valorant on that team It's just that he's willing to just you know put his foot down and say okay Well, if this is what you guys are saying like this is what we're doing like he's able to make that decision a bit quicker But also be a bit more flexible um, And I will say uh, after the tournament I have heard from a couple players who played in the tournament, that they would definitely rate T1 higher than DRX, right? And they're like, T1 Ooh. is looking yeah. really good Bloody now. Laura. Is that is that a thing about DRX though? <laughs> but but it goes both ways, right? Because DRX didn't look that great during AVL. Yeah. But I and I I agree to a certain amount just be just because at least T1 is trying different things, right? At least oh, they're DRX trying are
1: trying to... some different things. <laughs> well, they are now. Yeah. They weren't last week. <laughs> no, they weren't. Well, I do want to touch on EDG before we get to DRX, but we're talking about both of the teams that people expected to go through and got eliminated in the group stage. Um, but I do want to talk about the whole DRX stuff as a separate topic. So just to focus on EDG for a moment, there's an article with an interview that recently got posted talking to Kang Kang and saying basically what everybody, at least on the English-speaking side of the Valorant community has been saying, that they look worn the fuck out. They're playing five LAN tournaments over two months. This is crazy. They're playing another one in January as well, so they still don't have time to rest properly before they play, even though they're not having to participate in Ascension and they made it into Chinese VCT. And they they look boomed in the sense of like, They just don't look like they've had any time to fix their mistakes. They're just constantly making the same errors over and over. And it looks like they haven't had the time to just take a moment and refine things. Um, I I guess this wasn't an interview. Was this from a live stream? uh, Yeah, it seemed.
4: I, I read through it. It seemed like it was just him talking during his own stream, but kind of hitting all the points that all of us were thinking. Uh, and he in in that he goes on to say exactly the same thing right where he's just like well we didn't get to work on anything we didn't get to improve anything so we just had to pull out our old scrapbook and do it again and we just had to Go through the motions again, and now people have figured it out. Like, what else do you want come us and to do? Replace like... me at EDG. Yeah.
1: yeah this I... quote from Kankang for audio I listeners mean, Do you expect me to maintain a 100% competitive state after playing five <laughs> offline tournaments in two months? To be honest, if you think you can do it, come and replace me at EDG. And I I threat. think that is a great challenge. For, yeah. <laughs> I think if Kangkang was willing to live up to that challenge and just have a series of doubters come into the team to try to replace him and see if they could outperform him, that would be fucking great content. <laughs> yeah
2: I, because i think the narrative like domestically in china right have been the, almost a complete opposite and antithesis of what we've been saying and what we've been reading which has been Apparently. give them a break please yeah i mean i'm not privy to it but i've just been told that that's the case i don't i don't yeah i'm not scouring weibo reading and translating the comments but i've been told that people aren't quite as understanding of this whole situation, because uh, I don't know, there's plenty of reasons for it. Either just like the culture that's being set, and also uh, people just think video games like oh it's easy, right? You're just playing video games, like they should be they should be grateful. But no, they 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 need a rest. I'm 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 actually glad that this was on a live stream. I could just imagine him just battering down the masses of just people just going off at him. Yeah. um in it as well because yeah they dude this is way too much in terms of just the amount of tournaments they played and i'm still concerned as well for this team i think moving forwards because like you said josh there's not enough time to to have any proper rest before I think if they took a break right play.
1: now because they in that article that we brought up at the beginning of the stream uh the beginning of the podcast they, they announced the dates that VCTs start all around the world. I think China was the 22nd of February, just off the top but, of my head. Yeah,
4: it's later. It's later. But, but right? yeah. there's a good chance that they're playing in that Asia Tri-Cup right, thing exactly. going on. So they, yeah. So
1: if they weren't playing in that Asia tri Cup, they would actually have time. They That's would actually have a good chance, two months. though,
3: for, for Kankank to, to bring in his tryouts, to test yeah. all the tryout players. That's the perfect opportunity for them to prove themselves.
1: <laughs> As Kankank s- a-
3: stands over their shoulder, just
1: shaking his head in disapproval at every play. One of us should apply. Just pretend to be a hater. Yeah. <laughs> just- we're not trying hard enough can can get me in there get me in there i can do it better than you <laughs> um
3: but did you see them in between it was, was it in between one of the maps like where yeah. we saw a shot of edg yeah. players and they just sprawled out like yeah oh, like just like starfish like was- just
4: dying Walking by them like during setup and in between matches was one of the worst things I've had to do at a live event Because you just you just feel so much pity for them Like they can't even afford to smile at you because they're just like I just want to be done with this match win or lose like I just want to get out of here All of them had such crazy like bags under their eyes and and like they're not even adjusting well to all this travel They all just look sick and they can't like they're not even looking up to say hi. Like you you know, especially during an off season tournament, most teams are like, you know, happy to say hi to fans and like the other staff and they're they're just happy to be there. And EDG just looked like they were being tortured on stage. Like yeah, I've I mean, never I've... felt that bad for a team at a live event, like regardless of whether you're winning or losing. And then like before their matches. So even more so than on camera, I think it was very apparent once you saw them in person. That they literally just needed breaks as human beings, not even as like a pro team that just has been burnt out. Like, they if they play one more tournament, I, like if they play this strike cup I wouldn't be surprised if all of them like retire. Like, that would not shock me, right? Like they're just like, I'm burnt out, I'm done. That's, <laughs> like, that's a genuine
1: concern, though. I think, uh, yeah, you with um, a lot of the Korean players in the Overwatch League, you got extraordinary um, turnover because people just burnt themselves out by trying to have a grind set mentality instead of taking the breaks when it was necessary. And also, t- people tend to frame taking breaks as just taking your foot off the gas and someone's going to catch you up, they're just working harder than you, but taking a break and just doing some theorycrafting or just working on, you know, l- watching other people or watching your own VODs or something so that you're not just intensely scrimming all the time can actually be more beneficial. It can make your team better than if you were just playing scrims and matches all the time anyway. So it's not a case of just being lazy or just wanting a break. Um, It's actually more effective practice. And it's something I think that the grindset mentality in especially Korea and China seems to miss out on a little bit, though, obviously, it has advantages in other ways, too. I am worried, though, because when, I, when I've when i seen the EDG management at live events, they are very hands-on. I mean, EDG are roaming around the Masters tournaments with fucking 40 members of staff surrounding them at all times, <laughs> like handling everything. If Kang Kang sneezes, <laughs> someone wipes his nose. And like, it's, it's crazy how much they're just, uh, what's the word, like hovering over them at all times. Yeah. And yeah. obviously the players are not wanting to play in these level of tournaments all the time. If unless it's only kankang Kang that wants a break and the other guys on his team are like no kankang we must turn up to the next event we must <laughs> <laughs> i think it's probably the management that's causing that to happen so well, i think were they required they just to play in that? those chinese tournaments though like did they have to play in those chinese i would imagine so yeah the, so- yeah just in case they got into ascension or something
3: yeah so so i assume that you know that's three tournaments that are essentially unavoidable, <laughs> you know three pretty long, and obviously they're going to the end of every one, so uh, you know that's kind of it was may i mean yeah, they didn't have to enter this Africa stuff, but maybe they no. entered I don't know when they signed up for this stuff, but maybe they just didn't realize even that you know they would even be so doing- if you
1: if you did have to play an ascension, this would be even worse time oh, yeah. to be playing a big tournament like this True. um because you'd be giving away everything with like a week before the event um and they also you know didn't really need to sign up for the 10 global invitational yeah, while they sure. were co- coming between the two uh, chinese act uh you know tournaments as well so yeah i just hope the management realizes that they're working the guys too much and it's going to end up burning them out
4: do you wonder if th- there's something to do with also like china and korea having so much experience with other genres of games that are much in some, not to put down other genres, but like certain genres just tend to be much more repetitive, right? It is much more about just you know just being faster with the same idea, you know, like like mm-hmm. RTSs and MOBAs. To a certain extent, yeah. obviously, you know, if you want to win the tournament, you have to get creative. uh Whereas the the mental stack is very different for something like a like an FPS, especially like an FPS like Valorant. So they, they, that know, could such be an something as well. game.
0: Like, yeah, sometimes you can it's win really just based, based
1: off that. what ideas you brought to yeah. the table, even if your execution of it's not as good as your opponent's. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty huge. Uh, let, let's let's move on from EDG then and talk about Dr. X.
4: Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy about this. I don't know why everyone's so hesitant to talk about this news. Okay. I'm All right. thrilled
1: that well, they let's, are changing. let's get into it then. DRX have changed a couple of their players around. They've made roster moves. Chobra walk me through it. Why are you happy about it?
4: Well, okay, so I. it doesn't matter who it was. I just think they needed to change more than one player. Changing one player, first of all, changing one player wasn't going to do anything for this team, right? Because if you keep four, mm-hmm. then it's just going to be the same team with a different mechanical skill set, and it will probably just get worse like we saw with Foxy 9 uh, So if they were going to change, but they needed to change more than two or more, um, personally, I probably would have actually wanted more player swaps just because I think cool. they need an even bigger change. But Who are you
3: changing? I, just everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just a new team. <laughs> just ship DRX. You know, ship bring them King. off to another Korean yeah,
4: team. Yeah, exactly. Bring King, bring back Stu and Yohan from China. Just make it <laughs> But in, in all honesty, it's... It's first of all they were just so they've just been so static and I I do think they hit a ceiling. I don't think it's the highest ceiling they could have hit, but but they did it, right? And at this point, this is also a team that's probably pretty burnt out. And while they showed I gave up on DRX by by the end of Pacific. And then they went to Champions, and RB played Yoru on Bind. And I was like, oh, they're trying new things. They're going to change up how they think about this game. Maybe I'll give them (laughs) some hope for the future. And then they come into AVL, and they're just doing what they did in 2022, right? They're playing the same style. It's because they've been fucking around in the off-season event and running fucking god knows
2: what amalgamation of rosters with their academy pickups and switching up. They they haven't been getting good practice with that core roster in their off-season events. They haven't even been approaching it with that with that level of ideas. I have been fucking sick to my stomach with this team. I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with it. It needs to be toppled from the top down, not the fucking players from the top down. I'm talking the coaching staff, man. Some fucking ideas. Some people need to be removed from this team. They need <laughs> needs to be a different approach from the top all the way down my fucking head is filling with blood you can see how red I'm getting when I'm saying this <laughs> Dude. it it actually boggles my mind how you had an entire season of being mismanaged in terms of your roster like in terms of actually getting consistent practice with five players and your ideas aren't fresh because of that and you're heading in and the best look that you had arguably was when you went back to your core roster and played with Zest and they've now cut and bent, and they've just put them as restricted free agents like Zest and RB Zest who had one of the best tournament performances I think of the year in 2023 as an individual like his Viper was on Fucking believable, and now he's. I. This is unfathomable to me. I wonder who the fuck is. What's going on? What's going on here? What, where where's the monkey paw? Is it is it is it curling up? Like what's happening here, man? I, I can't comprehend it, and I just have no faith in this team to continue. I don't think it doesn't matter that if you're going to make changes, the core of three players that that I would keep would be these players, right? It would be Stacks, Mako, and it would be um it would be Buzz, but. It doesn't matter about that because I think the core issue goes a little bit above that in terms of just fucking running a consistent team and actually getting consistent practice. And now they're making all these changes when there's like, what, two months when they're probably not going to be getting much practice over December and January, two months before they play and they're making all these changes. Like, dude... Do this at the beginning Like what the fuck Are you doing This is so poorly managed And you've squandered The talent of this team And people have been saying It's a long time coming It's a fucking long time coming Because this team's Reached the ceiling Motherfucker Dude 6th 4th place In international tournaments Is excellency That is something To build upon It's, <laughs> it's not the sh- fucking limit it's not, it's not It's like Oh well we just need To give up now Because this is all all We've got over, over. Maybe the issue Does not lie With the players themselves Maybe the players themselves Think it's the, the issue Lies with them Because they're, they're quote unquote stagnating but a top finish in those international tournaments is better love, love, fucking newsflash than 99% of the teams in pro play like that is the better than most teams could even fucking dream of so it's not a bad place to even fucking build upon and yeah maybe I'm overreacting a little bit but I just feel like this <laughs> I, no, I, I feel no. like this entire team <laughs> no? this entire team has approached the, the this like problem quote unquote problem that they've got from the wrong direction entirely with this with this entire change and switch up I am pissed off watching this team man because you're squandering I, an excellent team
1: i'd like to i'd like to just ta- <laughs> I'd like to take i'd like to take a, a moment for us all to just mm, calm a little and i want to ask a question more water. That, okay i want to ask a question that doesn't have my opinion attached to it about what the change is but just is there a reasoning that people can come up with with why they would run rb and zest in the most recent tournament? Right before they release them, because have... if they were planning to go for flashback and Foxy Nine, they've been running them in the other off-season tournaments that they've played. So why wouldn't they run them here again right before the announcement? A final fuck you,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to who? <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, I I can think of two reasons and, and different two different reasons. One, um. One is if they already knew they were gonna stick with flashback and Foxy at hundred percent, this was a it's a send off in front of the yeah. home crowd right like it would be they probably felt it would be that weird well. if they let's go it didn't go that well, but we're I can imagine that. I can imagine the problem if they won the tournament. It's like, oh shit, maybe we should keep them. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that's the other side, though. The other side is I actually, given how they've managed this roster for the past year and a half, I wouldn't be surprised if they literally went into the tournament. They were like, "This is what I'm afraid of. This
1: is your final audition." It's a good thing, Brent, isn't here. Yeah. Bren would lose his mind about that theory because that, that should not be how anybody operates a team, right? I think we can no, all no, agree no, that. The... I've just
2: come back. back and I've heard Bren's going to lose his mind. What are, what are you saying?
1: No, 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 no. no. Nothing that you need to
2: Don't hear worry until.
0: about
1: it. Nothing you need to hear.
2: So, are they what, what? Ficking picking names out of a fucking hat? To
4: like,
0: what, what, no, that's probably
2: what
4: is is better. It? That's no, a better theory. Okay, so to
1: be straight. I was asking, why really would they you, play bro? with RB and Zest and the, in the Afrika League when they've been playing with Flashback and Nine for the rest of the offseason? And Chopra said, well, maybe it was just one final hurrah in front of the Korean crowd, which, you know, might make some sense. But he said, I could also maybe believe that it was their final <laughs> chance, and then they cut them based on the performance. <laughs> which, <laughs> well, listen, don't overreact. It's only speculation. We don't know any, no internal information was given to make that take. Yeah. Relax, you're going to have an aneurysm. But yeah. <laughs> Chobrin did I'm...
3: hear Termi in the background saying, okay, after they lost, fucking
1: or, right? <laughs> come. He just tore their contract up on stage in front of them. 2026, you motherfuckers think you're getting to 2024? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I... I do generally come down on the side with Bren, though, I think. Is that one of my biggest problems with a lot of the arguments for making roster moves for this team is that it assumes 2023 was useful in any way to judge DRX. And I think that's the big fault in a lot of people's assumptions in the community that really like the change happening for DRX. Because I think that 2023, the the tournaments they played in, lock-in got obliterated for them and they actually even managed to play fairly well but they were coming off top three at champions they play at lock-in and they were scrimming the whole time with foxy nine and they just decided to change that at the final moment because they weren't happy with the results so they play lock-in with a team that hasn't been scrimming together then they come into yeah they still got (laughs) yeah they still made a pretty decent run of it then they're experimenting with foxy nine throughout the regular season and they drop him Right as the elimination match happens, they they lost an upper bracket game. Foxy9 did not play an elimination match the entire year. Shout out to Bala for that one, by the way. That is a fucking bonkers statistic that they always, 100% of the time, abandoned Foxy9 before they were about to get eliminated from a tournament, which is monstrously bad because it also means that we tend to rate their tournament performance by where they finished and they always finished with zest on no practice yeah. so every that a Gordon time Ramsey meme. you fucking donkey zest <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh precious <Yeah>. Foxy <laughs> so
1: Dude. that's why I feel like you can't take many of those performances or like many of the results that seriously this year because they were never using either roster to max potential. They didn't commit to Foxy9 and see how far he could go, but they also didn't commit to Zest and see what they could have done if they just stuck with him the entire year. They were just caught in some weird compromised middle ground and we've never seen a middle ground team like that ever be successful. So it's, it's entirely possible that in 2023 they could have committed to the roster with Zest, had a really bad year, and, or not even a really bad year, it would have to be at least as good as this year was, right? Because that's, they yeah. bloody played all the big games with Zest anyway. So let's just say they had exactly the same performance even when they were scrimming with Zest, which seems a little unlikely, but okay. Maybe then, yeah, it would incentivize some kind of uh, change to be made. But I don't think we have any evidence for that because they fucked the year around so much from the coaching staff perspective. But in your heart of heart, Josh, do you
3: really believe that if DRX went with the same roster again, Termi's still going to be there? Do you actually think they could win a tournament?
1: Um, no, but I think that the problems <laughs> well, are not go. coming from the players. I Well, think that well the that's fair with... enough, but
3: as far as we know, like, I, w- I would assume Termi's the one that's making this, this
1: decision. Have I called Maybe. for Tummi's head on multiple occasions? Maybe yes, you have, but that it seems like it's not happening for whatever reason. No, so that does not seem to be occurring. But, so, and, right. uh, if that just can't happen at all. Here's my other problem with this, though. They've dropped their two most flexible players to bring in two players that are still very developmental, that are only just starting to demonstrate any level of flexibility, too. Foxy 9's only really a duelist player and his duelist player has not been that impressive he's started moving over to playing some KO recently Flashback has pretty much only played Viper from what we can see maybe he's played more on DRX Prospects that I'm unaware of this is gonna be quite an inflexible roster when you don't have you've got the fucking Swiss army knife of RB RB's gone from a player that was like Foxy 9 who was uh, not too intelligent duelist player who used to choke in big matches to becoming a very good duelist player that got over his choking issues, transitioned to flex, would fill any gap for the team, pop the fuck off in big moments for them. Like the development, th- this guy's gone on the hero's journey and then you've cut Actually, him off at the no. knees as soon as he came home.
2: Actually, though, no. I <laughs> I desperately want to see a revenge arc of just like <laughs> Zest and RB playing in a team together. And I just want to say, I just listen. DFM. I, so, one team, DFM, <laughs> you have the opportunity to do the funniest thing. Just cut everybody, yeah. pick up the revenge squad, and just start <laughs> winning shit. Because this team needs to be, they need to be humbled. They need to be humbled bad by, like, some internal rivalry. Yeah. seriously, because and it's, it's, not, great, just, it's story not just the humbling. No one... Dude, I just... They, I don't know how much more mounting evidence we need to prop up. Is this... Is, is, is society really this corrupt? Is there really no fucking, <laughs> Is there really no hope? Like, how much, how much so more close. evidence this do is the we takeaway. need here? Like, is, is there really no justice in the world when this <laughs> team is... When these changes are happening, man? I'm actually... I'm fucking livid every time I watch this, man. And it, it made... It was made even worse when I was trying to watch this Afrika tournament. And it was taking, like, 30 minutes for them to get started with the next map. And then I, I was literally... <laughs> I was like, oh, finally a tournament in Korea. I can watch it. I can I'm, while I'm in Korea, I can watch this while I'm live. I can co-stream it. Motherfucker, The matches are ending at like fucking three in the morning or some shit. Like my bedtime was at eight p.m. Like nine p.m. Like I can't. I can't be staying up for this. The the, the time between matches is way too long. Anyway, I, I don't want to get off the beaten track with this one. You know, I've been getting a little bit get a little bit where too is the beam cycle it, it's <laughs> we're, on a trail-less? we're on a trailless hike right now we're going to the top of the 14 there's no trail right now we're climbing over rocks we didn't bring our the proper equipment for this i'm gonna i'm just gonna stop talking
1: <laughs> okay okay Chobre, so i just want to i want to i want to hear the rebuttal though because we've been yeah, waffling.
4: It's... So here's the thing. I I think all I think everyone in the world agrees that the management of a six man roster was horrendous uh, with with DRX that that's I think a given. Uh, but I, I will also say prior to 2023 Termi used to be praised a lot for, for his coaching in terms of the in-game guidance and in fact back then his timeouts were godlike and it would help oh, turn don't a, bring a it, thing, it would help today, bring it would help the fucking
0: calm down calm <right>.
4: Just calm <laughs> down. Just hear me oh, out, okay? Oh, keep going.
0: <laughs> so,
4: so, I, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know what happened with the timeouts. This whole narrative about them, him wanting to train them, I, I mean, I uh, believed it in the beginning. Now I'm not quite so sure, but uh, I will say the other thing you have to consider is like who else in the world are you going to replace as a full-time Korean-speaking yeah. coach, right? Like if you look at reputation, Termi is actually probably the best option until an entirely new talent comes up probably from a you know ex pro or someone right who's been coaching around other regions especially right like if you bring up someone who's only been playing I don't know, like Tier 3 CS in Korea, and then they want to coach a Valorant team now, like, that's not going to do anything, right? If you really want to revamp the, the mentality of Valorant and how you understand the game in Korea, you're probably going to want to bring someone who's at least been involved in other regions and, and studying other menace, and you don't even have someone in from, like, Tier 3 CS. I mean, I guess you have some Overwatch players that are trying coaching in Valorant, but but they they haven't proven themselves. The only other one who's a lot, of, and this is why a lot of people have so many high hopes for Gen G in, in Korea, well, at least internally like behind the scenes is because HSK still holds enough reputation from the CS days and all his ex-teammates and his ex-coaches all agree that he has a really good mind so they're hoping that he can become another good coach in Korea but like that didn't go so well for DFM so who knows how well it's going to go for an all Korean speaking team on Gen G. but that's like how desperate Korea is for coaching staff right so as as much as we can all hate on, on Termi and what they're doing overall with the six man roster which that I believe was definitely poorly Handled, you also just don't have anyone, right? Like, you just don't have anyone yet. Um, and that'd be an even bigger risk than than swapping out the players. Uh, so what, what is Glow
1: up but, to? Has he still got a happy family life?
4: Yeah, seems like it. You know, he's like Bloody. not going to tournaments. And enjoying I think
1: streak. sometimes DRX, Fuck, Glow's got a good
4: life, <laughs> he's been smiling at AVL, like, it seems like <laughs> Damn it,
3: he's
1: not gonna come back to. Heck, I think either.
3: sometimes DRX, though, they just need, they just need someone to tell them, like, you can do this. You know, sometimes yes. it feels like when DRX get into those big matches, like they have a bit of a mental block. Oh, we're playing Fnatic. Oh, we're, we're going to lose to Fnatic. Oh, we're playing, you know, this team that's going yeah. to be better than us. We're going to lose. So what I'm suggesting is bring in the one man who eternally loves DRX, Seth Achilles King, <laughs> and let him take the timeouts and just tell them nothing strategic whatsoever. Just tell them, you guys are the best. You guys have got this. Don't worry about it. I have
1: so much faith in you. And watch them fly high. You could, there's another coach that actually might be able to fill the slot, though, which is possibly the worst search engine optimization coach of all time. Val Analysis, who coaches Rare Atom, <laughs> is... Is Korean and Rare Adam have got some great that stuff. That's a going great name
0: over for a coach, though. Val Analysis is an
1: amazing name like for a
2: coach. Like a robot. robot. <laughs> yeah, but um... Val so so Analysis. I know Val Analysis, from... by the
4: way. Oh really? He he casted one season of Challengers Korea in 2022. Huh. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he he has a good mind. That's for sure. I, I obviously it's working out well for Rare Rare Adam. Um, he, he definitely had some really good analysis about the game in general, so I think his game knowledge it, it, There's no reason to doubt that uh, I think he used to do analysis for overwatch as well uh, prior to that for for a couple different yeah. That's
0: no, no, no. crazy <laughs> It's called Valoranalysis Analysis in 2016. I think it's just waiting for Valorant to come out. His his
1: name is Valerie Analysis. It's just his actual name, and it just happened to work perfectly for this title.
4: So, so yeah, he's he exists. Um, where was I? So overall, obviously, it's working out for Rare Adam. But I will also say, if that guy got put on DRX, he would get eaten alive by the players. Like he, mm-hmm. they. It would be so hard for him to command respect, right? I think the reason it works on Rare Adam is because he's got two entirely new, fresh recruits from Korea, and then well, you know now the, the Rx Chinese players... do as
0: well. Though,
4: well now yeah. now they do as well. But <laughs> 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 wow, you guys have everything prepared for every single yeah.
0: point. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with
4: you
3: the... though, Chopra. Overall, I actually don't. I I don't care. I'll be honest. I I'm on the. I'm just on the fence. I'm just like you know. you just shit stirring. <laughs> well, for me, the part, the part that I don't like is... is like, Because I, I feel like RB and Zest, because they didn't make this decision early on in the season, in the offseason, are getting yeah. fucked, right? That's what I don't like, that these players are getting fucked. I don't mind them yeah. making changes. Just don't fuck over the players that are clearly good enough to play in Tier 1 that would have got onto another Tier 1 team had yeah. you not done this. In mid December, rather than you know, in uh, we the thought start Yay of being
1: benched last year was bad. This year, we're gonna have Pancada not playing, Zest RB King, one of Stuart Yeoman not playing, Zeta not playing. Who else is hitting the bench? I don't know. It feels like a lot of top players. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah just no, that's, that's fair. I, I um, do want to
1: talk though a little bit. What do you guys think about Flashback and Foxy 9? We've seen them play in some other tournaments. Uh, are these guys good enough to get called up to the tier one level? Are you expecting this roster to be competent because they're, um, you know, because the players they're replacing and RB with are really good? I
4: think they're going to place worse, um, hmm. and I think it's mostly just because, like, I think I mean, obviously, Flashback has shown that his mechanics and individual decision making is pretty good during the off season events. Granted, yeah, they were off season yeah. events. Um, I, I actually think he might be better than Foxy in that regard. Uh, maybe it's also the role he's playing right not as much pressure to always have to like dive in as an as a duelist but uh, so so that's promising but I think they're just gonna do worse just because again like they haven't had that much time it's two new guys I mean they've been trying to make foxy nine learn how to communicate better during these offseason tournaments and it ha- I don't think it's gotten that much better uh his his initiators don't seem that promising especially compared to someone like rB and zest so I think they're gonna take a step back but uh, I have to imagine that what they're seeing is the individual mechanics are already there. So they just have to guide these guys to learn how to play Valorant as a team. Obviously, that, again, goes back to relying on the coaching staff. But if that goes well, I think it's a good long-term project. But I do think it's a step back. So I, I actually don't think they're going to be as hopeful for
1: 2024.
3: Is that how, is it going to be, Fo- I mean, I think it was in the other tournaments they played, right? Is it Foxy 9, like, initiate? Is Buzz staying? Well, definitely we do swap
1: map to map.
4: Yeah, we don't know that, I mean, yeah, they might swap map to map. I would. I,
1: I, 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 that's I What almost, they were doing, honestly.
4: Yeah, I hope that it's Buzz main duelist, just because I think that's the biggest thing Foxy Nine is missing. Is like he's not able to calm well while he's entering. I mean, let alone just in general, um, and putting him back on that pressure, I don't think would help that much. Uh, but if that's the case, like Foxy Nine, I mean, they also need someone to be playing, like a you know, generally a dedicated sentinel, right? And so. I don't think you're swapping your Viper player to do that because most of the times you're still going to want a Viper as well. Then, so there's, there's Having that a Viper
3: one trick, though, Josh, you said that that's a bad thing. Right now, I think that's a good thing. As long as Viper <laughs> doesn't get nerfed, I actually think having a Viper one trick is an you know, advantage. A,
2: there's a really good um, Viper player that speaks Korean, actually, that's like just hit the market. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's actually really, really good He's had some of the best tournament showcases With minimal practice Really being thrown into it, you know Into the thick of things Without too much to prep with Who's he uh, playing for, man?
3: Oh, this is interesting um,
2: I think he might be on the reserves like for, Like a restricted free agent for DRX, maybe um, oh, that's know, a lot of people yeah. isn't it isn't that like half that's the korean players one, uh, Did, um, like is, Zest, are you talking
1: about the, oh yeah the guy that kind Zest? of built a new meta for how people are playing at the moment on split yeah, Viper. yeah like
2: innovating a lot with with his own Viper yeah. play like he really innovated actually a lot in terms of just how he was using his orb and and really taking map control <laughs> in space and really intelligent model usage and his aim was really good and he's really consistent in the clutch and mechanically skilled but um, yeah, he's available. They could, they could get that, actually, instead of trying to build up and develop two rookie players with limited game sense <laughs> with the fucking coaching staff that you've already got, and you know they're not going to have a good track record with it. This team is fucking doomed.
0: They're fucking doomed, man. They're doomed. They're
2: doomed to be in mediocrity, <laughs> and they're going to peter out of existence in everybody's minds, all because I've looked in the wrong direction.
3: I think there okay. must be something. Whenever I'm on the plat chat with Brent, he's it's, just he's just so angry he's just yeah. so angry it's, it must be something about my
1: face there's a lot a to be fella. angry about in the world <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> that's, <yeah. laughs> that's very true okay <sighs> okay all right let's take let's take a deep breath here a deep breath because i hope that kurt's ready for this because i caught it out of order as well we got ourselves a sponsor for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Can I give a shout out to Express VPN sponsoring this episode of Plat Chat Valorant looking nasty. Okay, but I've got a question for you guys at home. a piece, Express VPN peace. Brent, I've got a question for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Have you yeah, been naughty
1: yeah. Have you been naughty or have you been nice this year? I've been nice, I think. You've been nice? Well, yeah. You- uh, that that answer might fool Santa, but you can't fool your internet provider, says ExpressVPN, because those guys see everything. All of those late night naughty searches, mm. <laughs> obviously buying Christmas presents. That's what ExpressVPN is referring to at this point. But your, you know, your business is yours. But this holiday season, you can protect all of that privacy by using ExpressVPN. Um, and, yeah, uh, do you, uh, have you heard about that, Bren? Yeah, you what's heard about codes? How- Oh, well, the code is expressvpn.com slash Valorant. You get three extra months for free. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash I'm not going to spell Valorant. You guys know how to spell Valorant. In theory, <laughs> you should know how to spell the other words that I'm talking about here as well. But just in case, expressvpn.com slash Valorant. All of your traffic gets routed through encrypted servers, so all your browsing activity stays private. Uh, you, you won't be caught off guard while you're traveling, which actually is sometimes quite important. If you're using public Wi-Fi's in a bunch of different places, you can also use your VPN to be able to have a look at things. When you're in different countries, Bren, you travel a lot to Korea, don't yeah. you? But For you should example, check the terms of services of things. Streaming on
4: Twitch. Streaming on Twitch using Twitch, using Twitch career seeing clips in Twitch Korea. Well, well,
1: well, well, again, check the terms of services of the uh websites that you're using because while well, ExpressVPN won't mind, maybe those other websites might, so you know, definitely don't get in trouble by using it. But ExpressVPN, thank you for sponsoring this episode of the podcast.
0: Yo, Champ.
1: okay, let's move on to talking about a big tournament that's coming up. So, uh, there's a big tournament that kicks off tomorrow, actually, which is a Riot-run off-season tournament. I think that might be the only one in the off-season that, are, that is actually run by Riot. Oh, I could Riot be wrong about that. What
3: was the Riot One Pro Invitational? Who was that by? got Riot that, in the
1: name. Yeah, that's
4: technically Riot, right? The Riot Probably. One?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds on. like it. it? It doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the, the,
1: tournament's, the tournament's called Convergence. <laughs> it's happening over in uh, India. And it's uh, featuring a bunch of different teams that are uh, some towards the middle of the pack and some, like, for example, it incorporates True Rippers, who won the India Close Qualifier. I have no idea the how good True Rippers True Rippers,
2: Rippers are. is such a fucking a name. incredible name. It's like, yeah, old, the, it's
1: like an old
2: Australian bloke would call you a True Ripper. Yeah, like when he's, like, skull a pint or something.
1: Yeah. I, I want to get your feeling for this tournament. If, have you seen the format, by the way? It just has one bracket match. Wait, what?
3: Wait. So they just play, what, in like a group stage and then just yeah. play final? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah so it's the round top...
3: robin yeah. and then one
4: team from each group moves us. It's it's very short. It's not like a full-fledged tournament, unfortunately. Yeah. It would have been great if it was.
1: But it's every game is a BO3. They're not BO1 group stage games. They're not like show matches like the Riot 1 uh, mm-hmm. tournament tended mm-hmm. to be. So it should be some decent quality games. Um well wh- gimme a give me a little preview. Look at those groups. First of all, before we get into our bold prediction, tell me which one you think is more stacked. Uh, e because uh, 'cause you've got global esports, team vitality and fury on one side and then you got Gen G oh. Foot and True Rippers.
4: Oh. Actually, yeah, maybe <sighs> I gl- gl- I
0: said are
1: B, global but... playing without Benkai?
4: Yes, they're playing without yeah. Benkai because his goldfish died.
1: Um, Is that real? No, no. No, that's probably some other
4: reason.
1: <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> thought that was, but, I thought that was real. No, no, that,
4: that's the announcement they made, but it can't be because it's goldfish. Oh. Well, it I only be. saw the headline. I did,
1: I did the classic thing where I didn't read the body of what was happening, and so I just saw that Benkai <laughs> couldn't attend because of a loss. And I was yeah, like, oh, loss. that's
2: so sad. I was like, oh, that's really sad. And I was like, yo, Chopper, that is me. I was like, thinking, like, that's mean, dog. I was like, whoa. Whoa, That's harsh. No, I bet. Okay. Well, it's us who are the clueless ones, unaware. Yeah.
0: Gold square. Uh, Green square. (laughs) What? Gold Gold square? square. square. Where did I get that from? (laughs) Gold square. Dude,
2: I think the most Um, that group is. A. It's still A. I think I'm leaning towards A, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I don't have too much hope in in
4: Gen G to get it popping. Um, Tell how good are Gen G? So again, I've I've heard from some sources that they have been looking very strong. Uh, but I I mean I don't doubt that, right? I mean you've got four players who are really long-standing veterans again you know in that exact group that you would say if you wanted to make a team that's not drx from korea like who would you pick up you know you've got lakia you've got texture meteor and munchkin they all have a lot of experience all of them have some form of international experience as well so i think it's very very solid roster and then supposedly karen's really gifted right I, literally I've, I've searched within korea as well i've asked for more information from different sources and everyone's just said literally what's out there in the public is what everyone knows about this guy unless we were able to get hands-on on this um on his audition tape like there's there's nothing else really that we can figure
0: out be but using VPN. there you <laughs> <go. That's laughs> <how we> get- <laughs>
4: Uh, so so other than that um uh, I mean he's he's finished his military service so like that there's that for him like he he's in it for the long run so that's great. Uh but yeah supposedly they've been doing good and I have no reason to doubt that. Uh but I would agree that A is more snatched just in terms of they seem closer to each other. Like it's harder to tell who's going to move out of that group so
0: Okay.
1: Well, let's go into that. the let's go into the bold predictions then. So I believe that Kurt asked you all to predict who was going to win the entire event. So who's going to get out of their group, get to the final, and beat the piss out of their opponent? Let's have <laughs> a look. Let's see what we've got. <laughs>
0: oh, it's SpongeBob! SpongeBob!
1: It's SpongeBob with oh. his ass being ripped I love out through Bob. his rippers, Yeah. True Whoa, true rippers.
0: Rippers. <laughs> true Whoa. Rippers. We all
1: went for True Rippers. That's yeah. crazy. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we uh, go. Wait, uh, so, three what? of us went for foot and no. one for vitality. No, you didn't, <laughs> I did. I, Yeah, I, I changed it and announced oh. that I changed oh. it. But... Okay, well, who did you go for then, Chobra? I-, I, I went with
4: Gen G. I went okay. with Gen G.
1: Gen G I went with foot and then Bren's gone for vitality and uh foot as well for TMV for our audio listeners so first of all to to justify your Gen g pick uh, uh, do you have anything additional on top of what you were saying about them being a, a rumored to be a pretty decent team and you think it's a solid roster?
4: Well, no, I mean, in terms of on paper, I think that's that's what I'm going off of. And then I think, again, this, I think this matters a lot more for them than a lot of these other teams, right? They, they just have so much to prove with the late roster announcement and Coach HSK and all that. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's a lot of the out-of-game things that I'm considering, but I, I think they just have a lot more reason to kind of give it their all. And they, they have the experience and the players to do so. So that's where I stand with NG.
1: Yeah, I... I don't want to dismiss the things that you've been saying, but when I look at this Gen G roster, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I hate it. I think. Uh, anyway, I don't really want to be <laughs> ragging on G particularly during this segment, but I think I've gone for foot because I favor them more to get out of the group than anybody over in Group A. I don't necessarily know whether they're going to beat the team that gets out of Group A, but I think they've got an easier time of it because, personally, I'm not a big fan of the Gen G roster for a variety of reasons, and... Because Munchkin's
4: that... last name isn't Kim is that why you're upset that they didn't mm. get the full Kim G roster
1: yes that's the biggest that's the biggest reason it's not because Munchkin's always underperform every every IGLs it's also not because Lakia looked bad when he was playing in tier 2 despite having a decent history in the past it's also not because Meteor overheats every time he plays entry we don't know who's going to play an entry on this team and it's also not because we don't know anything about Karen and I just have to go off the word of everybody that he just impressed everyone and is actually a goated player and it's also not because this team seems to lack a little bit of uh, flexibility and it's also not because they've hired a coach who uh, coached a, a team into absolute oblivion last year it's
0: not for any of those reasons it's because Munchkin's surname
1: isn't Kim <laughs> that's good. That's good. and for that reason I think Foot are more likely to be able to win the group and I think they're more likely to uh, go to the grand final. that's valid that's valid <laughs> um, oh, but, that's but valid. I would uh, but I am very much ready to get that entire rant clipped if Genji pop off and beat Foot and then making it to the finals um <laughs> So what what do you think with Vitality brand? You're the one with the interesting pick here as they well. look good. I well the the, the roster <laughs> in theory looks good. <laughs> I think Blade, um, they look
2: good. Yeah, I mean I, <laughs> I, I I like the pieces on the roster, right? I like yeah. the pieces that they've got because I think that the this roster is like one of the one of the teams I see with a ton of potential with um with bloody uh safe on the team as well. Like you've got the firepower increase. You have some some newcomers who make a little bit,
0: That is yeah, wild.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's you know me, I love a good co I, I love a good support staff. Listen, if the po- if the posse is running deep and it's fucking bigger than the team itself, you know you've got something good going on. Like there's EDG. no such everybody knows there's no such thing as too many cooks in the kitchen. That's never <laughs> been uttered in the history of anything ever. But uh, yeah, I, I I I've always been a big fan of just vitality, I think, in their approach to the game, even last year. And I thought that they were always just uh, punching, but I think that this team has really good pieces individually. Um, and the only the only unknown factor I think comes down to like the IGling component, but um, uh, I have I have faith that they'll be able to get through it as well. I think they'll they'll probably be the strongest team in their group. And then it, it does come down to a bit of a coin flip for me with Foot. I just took a bit of a punt on Vitality. I think Foot should yeah. be the favorite team in this I, personally. I, I, t- I, just, I took a bit of a punt Vi- on oh, them. Sorry.
0: I
3: I picked Vitality initially. Um, but the only reason I changed a foot was because uh it seems like safe isn't going to play duelist from kind of you know the whispers that we've heard, and I just don't like that, so mm. pick foot that's literally the my only reason
1: i I think safe is going I know you think that safe is ju- to b- be bre- excellent a,
3: a safe is an insane duelist if you've got a player yeah. who can hard carry you games, put him on a roll to hard carry you
1: yeah it's a reasonable point it is a reasonable point, but I think that I I couldn't go for this Vitality team before I've seen them play. Yeah. I I think mm. they could win the tournament, and if so, that would be awesome because it would mean that EMEA has another big team worth really paying attention to. Yeah. Um, I think Vitality are definitely a team to be keeping an eye on, though. Any team yeah. with this level of talent on the squad is it has to be respected. I mean, saves a monster. Sender played fantastically. Um, the, what I'm concerned slightly with is well, how they're gonna look in terms of their like co- coordination and the in component because we don't really know what the in situation is with this team do we I uh, think it is it like, I, think Destrian. So I think Destrian I think gonna...
2: I heard I it was Destrian I've always yeah. rated Destrian's I mean it's not it's not it's not completely one-to-one with like in capacity but whenever I've watched Destrian very closely because especially when he's playing like a lot of initiators um I was trying to get good at initiator at the time. I'm watching him, and I, I thought his his util t- usage and his timings were fantastic, like way better than a lot of the other players in EMEA. Um, but it that just tells me that he's got a good mind for the game, not necessarily for calling. It's very very different skill test yeah. degree.
1: They're kind of related, but yeah, I I don't know. We we are all also not mentioning Furia here, who have slapped people around occasionally Mm. in these off-season tournaments with sheer firepower. Like, NW back on the duelist, unleashed, has been pounding through people with crazy consistency during the off-season. I'm confident in teams like Foot to be able to shut that down to some degree because I think that they've got enough good aimers on the team. But at the same time, you look at the teams that he's just been looking like he's smurfing against and you've got... Cloud9 are one of the most recent ones, and they're not slouches in terms of their aim across the board. So I think Fury are a serious dark horse for this tournament too. And if they win, MW's almost certainly going to be the MVP.
3: I think actually True Rippers have an outside chance as well. Because this is an Indian land. And no one else has experienced the Indian five-hour tech pause that's coming in (laughs) like they have. And so... They are going to have a big advantage if that comes in. <laughs> mm.
1: For the Riot Run tournament, the five-hour tech pause is still going to happen, <laughs> is it? True Rippers has arranged free shuttle services for Valorant fans across That's Bangle. quite nice. That's dope. That's, That's very cool.
4: I mean, well, I this, think it's... this
1: isn't in this event is not also being put on by True Rippers. They didn't get in because they're like buddy buddy and a local team. They won the qualifier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they played That's through a cool. qualifier.
2: That's cool. Yeah. Providing means for so people to get to the, get to the, uh, the, to the event itself. Maybe they're going to have the, the, home, the home field buff then. Yeah. People are going to be pomming off for them.
1: <laughs> Very possibly. Uh, just for, for the final uh, moment as well. Um, global Esports playing in this tournament. What do you expect from Global? Even if Benkai was playing, what do you expect from Global? What are your expectations for this team? People, uh, we chat when I was not on the show, put <laughs> them in the fucking dumpster, along with <laughs> teams that are just... I, I mean, Joker's no face
3: there didn't look it, 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 too yeah. enthused looking at Joker's no. face there.
1: They're planning <laughs> to play with Lightning Fast and then cut him after this event. Which
3: already <laughs> is.
1: Little <World> DRX <laughs> move, learn from the best. Yeah, the
3: good <laughs> home crowd send-off just <laughs> by the hate of
4: all the fans around the world. Um, I, when they first sit down the roster, I was looking at it and I was like, they could probably be a midfield team in Pacific, but now that we've seen the rest of the rosters and just the way other teams, like, around the world, everyone's trying to play Valorant, like, even during the offseason, I just don't have any faith in this team being able to do—like, just being able to put any impact, right? Like, I don't think they're going to—I mean, hopefully, they don't just roll over and die, but— I, 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 just, I can't imagine that they're going to bring anything new uh, to, to look at, whether it's firepower, whether it's their their strategy and whatnot. And I think the only thing they have going for them is that, you know, they're, the, the entire roster is all people that were okay at their role, except for maybe Polvi. Like, I, I know a lot of people who followed him during the challenger scene really liked what they saw. I, I can't really speak to that. I've only watched, like, one VOD, but... Um, Outside of that, everyone's every like you look at this roster. Everyone's okay. They're all lovely people, but they're all just they're all just oh. Okay. <laughs> that's like the biggest
3: criticism you can have of a team. They're all
4: lovely people, <laughs> but but that's exactly how I feel about this roster. Is just it's it's one of those rosters where I feel bad for rating them low, but then I look at the look at the stat sheets and all their history, and I'm like, well, I couldn't possibly bring them up any higher. So, so while yes, be if they huh?
1: if they get a really yeah, that's true. If they get a really good yeah. team system going, they might be able to capitalize on the teams that just explode in APAC. Um sure. of which there I were mean, quite a few last year. I rate yeah, I that's exactly where I rate
4: them though, right? I'll rate them above talent and DFM. Let's just say it like it is, right? I'll rate them above talent and DFM, <laughs> and that's just it, right? And that's a very low bar to clear. So i don't i don't know i don't i don't think it's gonna look very good for them and especially at this tournament just because sure i mean the only way that i i see them doing well is if maybe for whatever reason vitality booms outside of all of our expectations they just can't figure out what to do um and then fury is like only relying on firepower and somehow right like pole yeah, v just 1v5s them every round yeah like other than that
3: crowd buff mm-hmm. tank pause yeah. buff uh... For, for, the oh, the yeah, for the two players.
1: True. Like as soon as
3: things start going bad, like the Indian fans start doing something to make sure there's a tech boss.
1: <laughs> Sentinels <laughs> needs to hire you, TMV. You are a master salesman of the hope. <laughs> the hopeium would be flying off the shelves.
3: The for, for Sentinels. Sentinels is through the roof right now. It's because they haven't it? started playing meaningful meaning the-
1: games.
2: <laughs> God
0: almighty. There's, there's no need. You were you doing so
1: well at giving people stuff to hope about. You don't need <laughs> to rip it away from them. <laughs> um, all right, that does it for our episode this week. Then I think, unless there's any breaking news, but I can't well, see any. Yeah, let's end um,
3: on that. Sentinels' doom. doom. I mean, I was going to end on
1: the fact that Aaron has retired actually as well. When we were oh. just talking about global, that oh, was yeah. last week, just after we'd done the show, which is unfortunate. But I mean, the guy's got good qualifications to go back into some other kind of full term thing, and I think he did pretty well with global in the first year. It sounds like they weren't happy with the like team culture overall, but I I, I thought he did all right with a. Very with what that team aspired uh, to do. All over project. I could see yeah, Coach well, Aaron for sure.
2: With what that team aspired to do, I think he, he did quite well, really. I agree with yeah. you with that aspect. Yeah.
1: Um But yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Chobra. Appreciate it. Uh, it's now oh, yeah, oh, seven AM. Skipping over
2: the final the final segment?
3: You know, it's almost like Platchet has no, like a final right. segment that they do every <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's every almost week. like we
2: do a segment every single episode and it's right at the end. And before we say goodbye, you kind of you kind of run it. I mean, I don't want to do. Sorry, I don't I do like the a... hosting issues for you. I don't. Wanna... <laughs> sorry, I think my don't... internet was <laughs> lagging there. Oh, no, your internet's lagging. Okay, sorry. I, I, I mean I. just... Oh, sorry. What I... I
1: said? Why, why it's? Where's is...
2: <laughs> Ward? Ward.
0: It's Wyatt's <laughs> weekly award. <laughs> <laughs> How long does this go for? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bubbleheads are amazing. Bubbleheads are wonderful. Um, oh. do, we, do we have a pre selected Wyatt's Weekly Award or can I, can I pick my own?
0: Huh?
2: You're asking the guy with, with a 10 second delay.
1: Go off. Okay, wonderful. I'm going to go for uh, John Cutie this week for Wyatt's Weekly Award. I don't know if we've given... <laughs> Too true. That was foolish of me, actually. And I got interrupted 10 seconds later as a reward for my stupidity with that bad question. So I was rightly punished for that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it to John Cutie. I don't know if we've given it to him before for what he's done for Sentinels, but I think in terms of any individual move that could have boosted this team up, He's just been fantastic. He's got such a great read on the game in terms of how he plays. He's been flexible enough for them to be able to fill the current meta roles that are needed and f- make you feel comfortable that he could shift if it wasn't such a hard sentinel meta. His, um, the core of the calling with him and Zelsis has been fantastic with the mid-rounding and the improvements that the rest of the team has been able to have as a result of that are awesome. I mean, he's just he's looking like the backbone of the team at the moment. Uh, if you could even say any one person was. But what a pickup for Sen in the offseason. I saw a lot of people, it's it's always a little difficult to know whether someone's going to make a massive difference. But there were some people being like, uh, you know, John Cutie just kind of being carried by the the excellent players that he was playing with on M80. And some people saying that he was going to be the fucking truth and turn Sentinels into a god-tier team. I feel like he's really showcased that he is an extremely valuable player, and he's popping off.
2: Yeah, I I 100% agree with this. I think he has been the biggest improvement. You can you can say what you will about Zelsis being in his team. Obviously, a big improvement as well, but, dude, they, to, have a, to have the IGLing component and calling a really good game and... Also being able to just actually have a player that's hitting shots. And he's on a super valuable role right now where there's a lot of Sentinel players who also... You know, it's, it's kind of the role that for the longest time just ended up being the filler role. So there wasn't any, like, true Sentinel players. And people are, like, having to come back into it now that, that Cypher's, like, coming back into the mix. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the guy pops off. He's He was... Definitely one of the best pickups of any team for, for this year. I mean, we haven't even seen him play yet. Maybe this is hyperbole. Who knows? But the I, I know what I've seen, and the results don't lie. Okay, the off-season <laughs> events, Sentinels are winning it all because of John QT. I know what I've fucking seen, all right? I know what I've seen. Valid recipient of the Wyatt's Weekly Award on episode 158. 100 I cut out <laughs> there. My internet cut out.
0: Oh, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was your internet yeah. and your microphone. Right. Both cutting out at the same time. Yeah, they cut out. Am I allowed to thank chobra now? <laughs> <laughs> I I need verbal permission. No, I need verbal permission, <laughs> Bren. <sighs> yes. Thank you, Chobra, for attending this episode. Oh, thank really appreciate you. that. It's been invaluable to get your insight on what's been going on, and I enjoyed your broadcast for Afrika TV as well. Uh, TMV, thank you. You were less useful, but we appreciate having you on board anyway. And uh, Bren, I'm going to kill you in Daisy later, so we'll make it up that way all right thanks for watching (laughs) subscribe to the channel if you want to see more of this don't know why you would want to and we'll see you next week (laughs) bye